Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Matt, we've got a great show planned this week. Um, tell everybody what uh, what do we got this week? Oh my God, I'm so excited for this this episode. Also, first of all, 110 Ernesto, episode oh, yeah. 110. We got we are in triple Let's digits. Go. We are well into it, absolutely. Uh, but this week we are reviewing Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. But more importantly, Ernesto, we have a very special guest lined up for you guys today. You might have seen him touring around the U.S. as Bob Gaudio in the Jersey Boys on tour musical, but actively right now you can see him on Stars as Trace Weston in Power Book 2 Ghost, which is about to be having its season finale this Sunday, February 6th, and you can catch him on the CW as Logan Kaminsky in 4400, which is also approaching its season finale in about two weeks. Please welcome to the podcast actor, singer, songwriter, and my old friend, Corey Giacoma. Corey, I know you are busy, man, but thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Honestly, the only thing that I had today is I was on uncle duty, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys caught me at the perfect time. Um, well, I'm glad. Really glad to have you. Yeah, oh, we were just talking. Here. We were just reminiscing a little bit. Right. Uh, right before we started recording, and, and uh, Corey, I have a surprise for you. Oh, shit. Uh, I, 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 I'll, sh- I'll, I'll reveal this a little bit later in the show. You have to kind of wait for it. All right, but I'm I, ready. I'm, I'm ready I for du- it. I dug up a few things oh, from our past man, ten years wait. ago. <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna be freaking wait. <laughs> Matt, this, oh, must, man. this must be what you feel like when like I have my old friends on the show because I, I, I'm yeah. just like I'm just here just like third wheeling. I'm just watching. I'm here for it. I feel like this is this is like some like work wife jealousy here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's okay. It's it's all right. I mean I don't, like, I no, can, no, no, I can share. Fun. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah have it's, fun. It's fine. Have a good time, honey. <laughs> 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 Look, it's 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 not every day you get to meet a you get to reconnect with an old friend. So this oh, is I true. get it. It's very true. true. Uh, and and you know you know we we've been doing this show Ernesto for over two years now, and Man. we have brought on a lot of old friends that honestly we I probably wouldn't have reached out otherwise if it yeah. wasn't for this show. So it's, it's yeah. very nice to have this show to bring people together, and that's what we're here to do. Um, but also you know it's funny, uh, Corey, that uh, I remember back when we were in high school together. And I was like, this guy right here, he's he's gonna be somebody. Oh, if there's anybody, man. if there's anybody I want to sign my yearbook, it's him. So I can say that I had to autograph <laughs> for, forever ago before he was somebody. Listen, uh, and, listen, and you've been doing great stuff here. I, I only hope that you got Justin Simmons' autograph too, because that's his, what, his, you know what. <laughs> His is worth a hell of a lot more than mine right I now. I know, right? I know. He, he's next on the, he's next on the list. I know it's the off Perfect. season right now, and I'm there like, you I know what? I think I should reach out to Justin Simmons. We used to play backyard sports back in the day. I remember going to his house. We were playing football, and so and he he actually really wanted me to 
go out like we tried out for the uh middle school uh basketball team together and 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 he he got through i did not obviously (laughs) and he and 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 he was like what what happened he's like they didn't pick me it's like they're idiots i don't know what's going on like he he was so he's such he's such a nice guy uh and obviously he dominated um He's dominating right now. Oh my god! Like, he's like monster, the number one man. safety. Seriously, it's like it's every funny. time I see, he's like breaking records and everything. Yeah, it's like it's like every single game that the Broncos play, it's like Justin Simmons has a pick, Justin Simmons interception, and I'm like, when does this guy stop? He's, it's seriously, it, it's and and also like, go ahead. yeah, no, no, go go ahead. No, I was just saying, like every time, like typically when you when you hear like these like any any highlights of football, it's normally about the QB did this or the wide receiver did that. They're talking about a safety. They Isn't don't always wild? talk about safeties right now. I think he's the highest paid safety in the NFL. Would not surprise me in the slightest bit. Yeah, yeah, it's such it's a nice guy. What were you gonna say? When, when I was on tour, um, one of the guy when I was on tour with Jersey Boys, one of the guys in the show with me is from Denver. And so then, and like right when I joined the tour was right when he, when Justin was graduating uh, from Boston College and transferring right. over to to the, to the Broncos, and so we're on tour and he's like, he was like, uh, we were talking about Justin and I was like, yeah, he's a buddy of mine and he was he's a diehard Broncos fan, so he was like, oh, he was like, well, he better play well for our team. Now he's calling me like every other weekend, be like, dude, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's doing my team proud yeah, look at him. yeah. he's like oh thanks a lot man yeah yeah like i had anything to do with it yeah. <laughs> if i'm not mistaken didn't he show up to one of your shows i think i remember like i saw like on social media he showed up to one of your performances yeah man when we played in denver so so when we were on tour we had a, a week in denver colorado playing at uh at the denver center and uh, he and Taryn came out. I, I got them tickets, and we went out to dinner and hung out for a, a night. And dude, they're just the the sweetest power couple in the world. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, hell, talk about uh, high school sweethearts. They've been. Right. I remember when they first started dating. Maybe junior, senior year it was yeah. somewhere around there, and they're still together. They have. One little girl. I think another one's on the way. If I'm not mistaken, another one's on the way, or like yeah. having her any day now, or exactly. You know, I, I feel yeah. like I'm losing track of all of our friends who are having kids nowadays, dude. <laughs> right? Oh my god. <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, uh, Meg and I, we've been obviously together for almost ten years now, and I know, right? And um, every 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 time I get from my mother, so it's like, where's where's the ring? Yeah, right. Where's, of course. Where, where, where's the ring? I'm like, sure you're not ten, getting tired ten... of that question. <laughs> no, <I'm absolutely... laughs> no, I love hearing it from everybody. Yeah, where... yeah right. <laughs> so, uh, so I started getting on them too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I was just about to ask. So when uh, yeah. when are you gonna put a ring on that? <laughs> well, well it, it's funny because we we've had this talk before, but she she doesn't want to get married, and so like I keep telling people that, but like you know what. There's At this point, now, I'm, yeah, I'm but sorry. sometimes I second guess it. Uh, I was like, well, yeah, is, right. Is this a, I'm is sure this there's a trick. There's, yeah, there's a part of you yeah. that's like, that sounds very convenient for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, no, but it, at the same time, you know, it's a different time, and marriage is, it's, yeah. you know, it, you're doing, you're, you're proving your love for the government. It's like, no, fuck off. Right, you exactly. Know, we, yeah. We've got it. You know, and if you know it's a good thing, she knows it's a good thing, then like, why, why sign a piece of paper? 
Yeah, and and that and that's kind of where they're kind of collectively at the moment. But like, at the, at, there is some time to time where I'm like, well, you know, do, do you want to get married? And we don't have to do like this whole pony and show thing. Right. We don't have to have a big one if you just, we can go yeah. just go to the courthouse or whatever. But yeah. you know, that, that that is a conversation that actually happens more often than not. But for the yeah. most part, we are we are very contented where we are, and you know, I, I'm having like ten years. Like that's yeah. that's a long time. That's, a long, she, that's she, incredible, dude. Yeah, man. We, not a lot of we people just talk, say that. No, and she we were actually just talking about that the other day, and she was like, uh, "So ten years, like, yeah, you made that mistake ten years ago. <laughs> Here you are. Look, look at this stud you got working." And she then, I, you know, the funny thing, I always hear her say, um, "She's like, date the funny ones." They said, "Date, date the funny ones." They hey, said. listen, <laughs> it, it's the truth though. Date the funny ones. You'll never, you, you will never have a day in your life that you're bored. That's true. Oh, I can, she's not. If, if Ernesto could understand me at all, he knows that I'm. <laughs> that keeps him very well, interested. That's, that's, that's why Ernesto <laughs> sticks around, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you know, Matt, you keep me coming back. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh, I show man. up for you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, thank I'm, you. I appreciate it. I'm really it. glad that I could witness this love. It's really nice. Man. It's really, really nice. Oh, man. Cry. Oh shit! Well, we man, we got a lot of show to to, to dive into. Oh yeah, let's uh, well, do it. Let's dive I, right I'm just sitting here listening to y'all vibe. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, uh, well, Corey, we're gonna be diving into a little bit to your career and kind of see where. I mean, for me, it's like catching up. It's like where, like, so once we graduated high school, where what did happen? I know, I know some of the highlights, but you know, some some of these stories, I'm sure they're very interesting to say the least. Oh yeah, man. I well, it depends on how in detail we want to go. <laughs> as, you know, like, as 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 much as you want to tell, I'm not like yeah, right? you don't have to say anything you don't want to say. But if you're gonna start diving some stuff, I'm like, yeah, oh, we're so not you know, gonna like stop the, you. Are we are we going into like puking in the bathroom kind of you know, like like late <laughs> whatever, night? You know, whatever all that your stuff. little heart desires. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, so you know, after high school, I went to uh, I went to school in New York. I studied for musical theater. Um, and, uh, I, I, it was a four year degree and my senior year is when like, you know, cause when I was in high school, I, you know, I, I did all the school shows and everything, but I was doing it as a hobby. You know, I loved it and I thought it was so yeah. much fun. And, you know, like there was a part of me that was like, Oh, I'm like actually kind of decent at this, you know, I, and I wasn't good at anything else. So, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, this is like my, my thing. And then around senior or around junior year, because I always, you know, the theater people that I hung out with were always in a class above me. Um, and, you know, I was in Opus, which was our school choir in Esto. And, and uh, you know, all of the older people were going to college for musical theater and they were getting scholarships like these D1 athletes were. And suddenly I was like, boom, I was like, that's my ticket. Cause like yeah. I was an idiot when it came to like education. <laughs> like I, I say I when it comes to like that. emotional intelligence and street smarts, I am leagues above everyone else. But when it comes to book smarts, count me out. Yeah, I, I, I 100% resonate with that. <laughs> yeah, man. And honestly, in in the real world, I think that emotional intelligence is is far superior. And not saying that I'm superior, but I'm saying I think that it's it's much more valuable. Yes. Um, yeah. And and, and especially what career you go down to. So obviously some de- mm-hmm. some degrees like you need you need that four year college. You need that that you need like my brother. He just he just became a doctorate. For his entire for life him, so far, he no, I mean he's what a great achievement that he's he's been working at it for the last twelve years of becoming a doctor. So like, I mean, I I could never do that. No, like, I hate I never, never. Like, <laughs> like, like I four, four years, we're done. We're done with this, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't. I, I I did. My, I I got my bachelor's. I don't need to do any more. Oh. And then like I go to my brother. It's like, what, what are you doing? It's like, will you have. 
You have seven more years of school? <laughs> what? What are you insane, sure you want to be a doctor right now? Right? That's insane. Well, see, I, I think a testament of how crazy I was going during COVID is that I genuinely thought about going back to school. That oh, really? like that that just goes to show how insane I was getting. I was like, oh man, I need to do something. Maybe Fuck, I'll go back to school. <laughs> give, give me anything. Give me anything. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, so so I, I realized, I was like, that's my ticket into college. And so uh, I, I applied to a bunch of schools and everything, and, like, schools that were way out of my league in terms of uh, GPA, like Carnegie Mellons and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, and I was, even, like, the top schools that, that my GPA wouldn't suffice at, I was waitlisted at, which made me go, okay, so, like, I'm good enough to get into these schools. It's just they're going to take someone with a better GPA. And so uh, a couple schools took me in and Pace University in Manhattan being one of them. And, you know, th what really, you know, turned me on about them was that they were in, in the city. They were in New York City and they encouraged you to audition while you were getting your education. So I was building relationships with casting directors and directors and all this sort of stuff while I was in school. So, you know, like we also had an artist in residence program where, you know, like, uh, you know, um, uh, why can't I think of their freaking names? Adam Gettle, you know, who wrote the Tony Warren winning musical Light in the Piazza. Um, John Doyle, who directed the, the Tony Award winning uh, revival of Sweeney Todd, where all of the actors were playing instruments, like who revolutionized theater. You know, these people were coming in to teach and to direct shows at my school. And so, like, you know, the education aspect of it, you know, I I could get anywhere else. But the networking opportunities and and the hands on experience that I could get uh, that that's what I went to school for. And so I built these relationships. And in fact, the reason that I booked Jersey Boys, you know, obviously I'm, I'm right for the show and, and I'm good in the part. But the what what got me in the door was uh, a choreographer of one of the shows that I did at school was married to the one of the casting directors. And she was like, as soon as I graduated, she was like, Jacoma, let's bring him in. And I went in for it and I booked it and did it for two years on tour and, and in New York. And so it's like, you know, those relationships were, were you can't put a price on that. And, uh, and so I went to school for it, four years. My senior year, I started working professionally. Um, I, I did some regional shows at like, you know, not massive houses, but, you know, decent sized regional houses in Pennsylvania and in Maine. I did Legally Blonde and Footloose and uh, Mamma Mia. And then uh, in the middle of my contract with Mamma Mia, I booked the tour of Jersey Boys and had to had to leave in the middle of that production and break my contract and got in a lot of trouble for that. But I wasn't not going to go on <laughs> tour with Jersey Boys. It was my dream yeah, show. Yeah, right. <laughs> and also, the, what, what a resume before you even got onto Jersey Boys, too. Uh, isn't, well, I had a little accent there. I, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, I yeah, no, I said it. It just kind of came out. I'm hearing yeah, Corey talking. Like, for, I, for a second, I was like, I was like, oh, Matt's from Jersey. All of a sudden, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you a Jersey boy? Yeah. yeah, we got our own little Jersey boy over there. <laughs> Jersey boy, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh man, yeah, you uh, know, but, yeah, but, I, I, I was really lucky that I, I, you know, because I got my equity card before I graduated, and you know, I, I, which, which then just like put me in a. A different tax bracket basically you know and in terms of you know what i was going in for and all of that sort of stuff so you know i just i it it 
and it made me realize that I could do it. You know, similarly to what I was saying where, you know, getting into school and seeing my friends going to school for it, it made me realize like, oh shit, I can, I can actually do this. And, and then working, I was like, oh man, I can, I could get a job doing this and I can make a living doing this. And now, you know, almost five years later, I'm, I'm still doing it and I'm doing it in a really cool way that I'm, I'm so fucking proud of, man. That's awesome. Uh, that, that, that's great. And it's also, it's not, not everybody can it, like, what's the word? It's, uh, realize that this is what you want to do it, especially at a young age yeah. that you're already, you know, leaving uh, high school. Um, especially when we're diving into college, we're still trying to figure shit out and we don't know yeah. if this is exactly what we want to do. We don't know if it's going to work out. And, that, and that's the point of college. Like, hopefully this is something that, you know, these are the classes we want to take. These are the connections we want to make. Um, you know, right. we, I did four, uh, two and a half years, I had two years of community college, two and a half years at UCF. And it all kind of boils down to basically who you knew at that moment. Exactly. You didn't, you didn't know whether, whether or not like this was going to work out. And it wasn't until you just happened to be going to, I went to an internship fair that the new station happened to be at. And that's no the defining way. moment. It just, it just happens to be the defining moment. That, all right, this is where my career moved forward. And then once you're in, like, it's just like you just got to keep selling yourself until you can be continue to be in. And that's, yeah. I'm assuming, similar to what you had to do. Like, all right, I'm in. Like, here are the people you got to talk to. Now, mm-hmm. now, it's up to, now it's up to you to do the work. Yeah. And what a scary thing to do, right? It's like when you take that leap of faith, because like being decisive with what you want to do and being like, all right, yeah, no, this is it. Like that, that takes a lot of, that takes spine right there. Being like, no, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to stop until, until I, I do it the most. And, you know, I may fall on my ass, but I'd rather fall on my ass doing this thing than anything right, else. Yeah, very true. At least, at least you can say that you were, uh, at least, at least I tried and do the thing yeah. that I wanted to do instead of like, all right, you know, I'm just going to play it safe, basically. Yep. Uh, yeah, Cause and, you know, like. You can be miserable doing anything, so why not be miserable doing the thing you love? <laughs> you know, right. like, like, like last year during the pandemic, I think it was, you know, especially for for anyone, you know, in the arts industry, and I don't know how it affected you guys, but you know, like, I was like, you know what? I genuinely asked myself those questions. I was like, is this what I want to do? Like, this is your this is your out. If you want right. to leave, the doors open. So fucking walk out if you want to walk out. But if you don't walk out, you're you're in this dog. And, you know, here I am and I'm, I'm still working it. And the funny thing was, right after I made that decision, a couple months later, I booked a lead on a TV show, my first lead. So it was like it, it was the universe being like, all right, you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> like that. It's like, it's like we, we, we gave you a way out. And then you're like, congratulations, you passed the test. Now you can it, move. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The next man. level. <laughs> how how uh, did the pandemic affect you guys? Were you guys, I, you guys were still doing the podcast and everything, but. You know, in terms of work and all that, we we just kept working. Like <laughs> nothing really Damn. changed. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, new step. We in fact, I think we worked more. I, I would yeah, argue. probably. Yeah, I mean, news yeah. kept being pumped out. Like, I mean, that it didn't really. We were we were luckily the ones who were able to still work during that time. Right. You know, not everybody. Kind of like in it, like it was weird. Like I almost felt guilty. Like, cause you know, cause you so many people are out and shut down and like. My, I'm still going to work every day. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't that a weird thing? Like, because w- w- I there's there was a huge part of me that felt guilty too because I actually 
the pandemic, obviously, besides, you know, the, the, the fuckery of it all and people, you know, dying and all of that, you know, which terrible, obviously, of course. but, you know, at the same time, like for me personally, the pandemic was the best, one of the best things that happened to me because it forced me to go inward. It forced me to take care of myself first. It forced me to define myself outside of work because, mm. you know, one of the blessings of working is you're constantly distracted. But that's also one of the cons of it, too, because then when you don't have work as a distraction, suddenly you're like, fuck, what do I do? Like, what gets me yeah. out of bed in the morning? What makes me tick? And I had to define that for myself. So so the pandemic, honestly, like was one of the best things that has ever happened to me personally. I think it's I think it's like that for a good majority of people. I mean, we're seeing like the whole world go through this great resignation. Well, I mean, particularly in our nation. Like, mm-hmm. so many people are moving, like, people are migrating ac- different parts of the state, different parts of the country. Yep. So many people are quitting their jobs and, yeah. like, doing You're like, working I'm not going to be miserable economy. doing this. Exactly. Yeah. So many people are quitting the corporate life. <clears throat> mm-hmm. and, and it's crazy because we've had a lot of people, even on that come onto the show, friends, that, remember, uh, uh, Ernesto, we had Laura on, and she yes. had just graduated uh, becoming a, um, a a sound technician for for, for theaters the theater, and plays yeah. and, wow. and 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 she made the decision. She had graduated in May, and then by uh, by August September, she was in a she said, you know what, I'm going to go into nursing, and and she she was she was ready to go. She was she was going she was had connections in New York. She was going to do a couple plays here locally in Orlando. She was going to make the move out there at some point to New York, and she she had a plan ready to go, and then. Since when the pandemic, all that dropped, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to start a career in nursing. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, first of all, good, good for you because that, I would not have done that, but she was left with a decision to go into. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Man. It it was ridiculous. I was, I was really, you know, very proud to to see that. And then we also have had a lot of reporters here who kind of used the pandemic as a point. He's like, you know what? Maybe this is not what I want to do anymore. And we uh, we had we have a friend who who dropped reporting and now she's in New York and she's pursuing a career in acting. Yep. And wow, so for her. and and so like it's you just never know. And even like for me personally with the pandemic, uh, luckily we weren't really that affected work wise. So when we were getting you know a little extra income and obviously the stimulus checks were coming in uh, for that as well, I was able to catch up on my bills that I've been struggling. For a while and you know now i feel like i'm ahead of it and mm-hmm. so like as much as all the downsides that the pandemic did bring to a large amount of people sometimes there is a little bit of hope that came within this and and, and you know even megan she she works freelance she's worked in production as well and when everything was halted she was working on cruises and when when everything shut down she was at home like everybody else trying to figure out what are you going to do and it's it's like all right well kind of think about it and then you kind of go from there yeah it, it gave us perspective, you know? Yes. Yes. Big absolutely. time. Um, so, I kind of want to go back to you, your your Jersey. I said it again. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Now, now Let's you talk just about Jersey to, Boys. Yeah. Now, Jersey now you just, Boys. Now you just got to say it like that the rest of it. <laughs> I guess so. I really don't that's have it. a choice now. No, uh, no that's it, man. So I, I I was listening to the Silhouettes JP uh, podcast, the one yeah. where you were featured in with, with Gia and um, 
And you you were talking about your audition process for for Jersey Boys, and Jersey, I found it very. Jersey Boys, Jer- I'm sorry, I, 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 I already <laughs> come up with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I thought about it too hard. It's like I gotta say it right. He's like, no, it's yeah, true. Right. Uh, uh, the audition process for Jersey Boys. Uh, you see now, you see now, I'm thinking about it too much. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what, yeah, exactly. I don't know what now. Is, I don't know what's going Just on. Just say it naturally. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> but how well, you got show. it? I thought. It, for that, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, I thought it was a really interesting story. What you what you said there, if you don't mind, uh, kind of repeating that uh, that story of how you got onto yeah. the sh- uh, into the show. Yeah, man. You know, I I I don't know uh, exactly all the details that I I explained, but I'll I'll explain. I, I need I need word for word if you don't mind. Yeah. Word it's, for it's word. Yeah. 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 To both of them, JV yeah. podcast and this oh. one at the same yeah. time. Here's the written I, transcript. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. And, and if they're wrong, I'm fucking gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> We're not even releasing this episode. <laughs> I, my no. my bar was up here right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, so uh, so basically. You know, like I said, uh, I, I graduated college and I I, uh, I did like a regional circuit, basically. I did Footloose at the Fulton Theater in Pennsylvania. And then I did uh, Mamma Mia at uh, at Maine State Music Theater uh, in uh, Bath, Bath, Maine. And while I'm doing uh, Mamma Mia, or actually, no, during Footloose, I get my first ever audition for Jersey Boys, for Joyzy Boys. Now, <laughs> Joyzy Boys... Was my fucking jam, dude. Like when when I was in uh when I was in high school, that's where I took my girlfriends. I like any time. Well, my girlfriends. I had one girlfriend for like half my freaking life. So so like my my high school sweetheart. I took her to 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 Jersey Boys at the Kravitz Center. And when my mom would visit me in New York, I'd take her to Jersey Boys. And whenever I had a, a night, I saw Jersey Boys seven times before I even auditioned for it. Oh, my God. It was my show. Because it was the first show that I saw. Well, no, I, honestly, Legally Blonde was the first show that I saw that I was like, oh, like, you don't have to, like, be dancing and touching your toes and doing all this, like, crazy, you know, like, because I'm not a dancer. I can I can move, but, like, I can't dance, you know, like, what, yeah. you know, talk about West Side Story. I can't do that shit for the life of me. <laughs> but, but, like, you know, it was the Legally Blonde was the first show that I saw just guys being guys who could sing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of what I do. And so then Jersey Boys had that times 10 because it was just it's literally Jersey Boys. It's just dudes. It's just guys in suits and their hair slicked back. And I love that time, too, you know, like the 50s, 60s, you know, like that music was it for me. Mm. And so so seeing Jersey Boys, I remember uh, 20, 2015 or so, you know, somewhere around 2015, my mom came out to visit me for my birthday, I believe. And I took her to see Jersey Boys. And I'll never forget the the guy who plays Bob Gaudio comes out. His name's Quinn Van Antwerp, who's now a friend of mine because we did the show and we're in the family, um, which is crazy because just a year before I booked Jersey Boys, he comes out, he makes his entrance, and I lean over to my mom, I give her an elbow, and I go, that's my dream role. And a year later, I'm going on tour with Jersey Boys. And so, so the story of me getting the job is uh, – I'm doing Footloose in Pennsylvania, and uh, I, I get the audition, and I'm in between scenes. I'm running to my dressing room and going over lines with one of the other guys in the show, 
and uh, and then I, I I get back on stage and I go back into the dressing room going over more lines and then on a day off I take the Amtrak into Manhattan from Pennsylvania it's like a two hour train ride and uh, the first one uh, the first one first audition I have I drop my phone in the toilet of the Amtrak. <laughs> and, and you know like uh, on on an Amtrak train it's it's just like a tin toilet with a hole in it basically yeah. <laughs> so so there was not a chance of me getting that phone back yeah and and so so suddenly I'm in I I get to Penn Station and I know my auditions at like two o'clock and I know it's at Pearl Studios. And that's all I know. I don't know if maybe they're emailing me saying, hey, we're changing your time or something. And I had memorized the sides and everything. So I was good with that. And so I, I get to the audition. I do the audition um, and bombed it. In my head, I bombed it. I, I, I walked out of that audition going, well, that was cool. That was I'm glad that that happened. <laughs> and and because I, I, it was a song called Cry For Me, which in the show – is a song. It's not like he's, you know, like in musicals, like, you know, not to bring West Side Story again, you know, they, they, they're, they don't know they're singing, you know, like they're, they're, it's, it's, uh, it's suspended disbelief. It's, yeah. they, they are, they are singing, but they're actually just speaking, you know? Yes. Whereas Jersey Boys, it's, it's a show about these guys creating music. And so Cry For Me in the show is Bob Gaudio's audition song for the Four Seasons. So he's literally at a piano playing the songs. Mind you, I had seen the show seven times, so I know this. But I was so nervous that I literally started like acting the song out as if like <laughs> as if as if he wasn't at a piano singing it. And so I acted it out and she cuts me off in the middle of it and she was like, Court, just just sing just sing it. <laughs> she was like it's, she's like literally the in the show this is his audition song so just like audition with the song <laughs> and, like we, we, so, we didn't make it any easier than this yeah, yeah. she was literally like dude i like how much more black and white do you want it <laughs> and so so i i did it and she was like all right great and i like i said i walked out being like well great that that sucks you know my dream rolled down the freaking tubes cuz you know and obviously i could have been brought back in you know in future replacements but i was like no that was the fir- that was the one and only chance yeah <laughs> i go back to pennsylvania and i have a callback and i'm like you're kidding me i get a new phone and then <laughs> then i finish that production of footloose and i have a callback in the city um for for uh, for the music director and the uh, the associate director, and so I, I go in and but I was called back for the understudy of Bob Gaudio. I go in and and the understudy in the show plays guitar, so I brought my guitar and uh, and I did the dialogue and and then they were like, all right, will, will you sing for us? And so I sing Overkill by Men at Work and I play that because um, they wanted a song that was like. Classic rock and roll, but I, I, you know, like I didn't want to do like a, a you know, a, you know, The Wanderer by Dion, you know, I, I wanted to do something that like I enjoyed singing and that, you know, felt somewhere in the realm of the of the show. And so I did did Men at Work, Overkill, and uh, Ron Melrose, the uh, the the guy who orchestrated the the show. Uh, I'll never forget. I finished the song and he goes, "That was cool." And I was like, all right, yeah. I don't know what that means, but cool. Like, 
like what like what a, what a what a weird statement to say like is that a good thing like it's like he could have been sarcastic for all i know and so i walk out of there and uh and then i have a call back uh so i'm i'm in the city for like a week between footloose and going to do mama mia and i've got a week so i've got that call back and then i've got a dance call back where i have to learn the choreography now the choreography is not very complicated it's pretty much step touch but i'm not a dancer and so, <laughs> so I, I'm messing up step touch and, but I, I had like this like swagger to me that I think, you know, translated with the choreography. And so I did that and, uh, and I'm messing up this one step. There's one step that, that like is iconic in Jersey boys. And I kept messing it up. I kept doing the wrong foot when in reality, like it's literally right, left, right, left, right, left. It's literally like yeah. you're just walking. And so <laughs> So I kept messing it up, and as I'm walking out of the audition, Danny Austin, who's the associate choreographer, I was wearing a blue shirt, and he goes, blue shirt, and I turn around, and he goes, do the step, and I did it right, and he goes, thank you, and I walked out, and I was like, fuck, thank God, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so then then I, uh, I, I finish that, and then I go to Mamma Mia in Maine, and I'm there in Maine, and we, we're in our first week of rehearsal, and I get an email saying final callback for, for uh, Bob Gaudio understudy. And I was like, yes, let's go. I didn't even think I was going to get past the first round. And so I, I rent a car. I drive it to uh, to Manhattan. And, uh, and I have this final callback. And I wake up the morning of the final callback and... I, I warmed up, but I didn't warm up enough. Like my voice was like a little shaky. Mm. I wasn't hitting the notes that well. The night before though, I had a work session with the music director and the associate uh, director. So they knew what I was capable of. You know, the night before I crushed it. So yeah. I could tell I was like, they, they knew what I was, what, like what I could actually do. Yeah. And they were in the audition with the original director, the original choreographer, the producers, all of this. So I walk in the room and the director goes, let me guess, you're in for Bob, you know, which which is the role I'm in because Bob is notoriously tall. And yeah. so I walk in six, three. And so he's like making a joke, being like, let me guess. And I, so we laugh and I was like, no, I'm actually in for Frankie, who's five, five. And so <laughs> so they they had a laugh, thank God, because I hate going into auditions and making a joke and then they don't laugh. I feel like such an asshole. Have, has that happened to you before? <laughs> has that happened before? Yeah. Oh, way too many times because I love making <laughs> jokes and most of the time like I probably shouldn't make the joke because it's not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like my, my favorite my favorite joke to say to in auditions is people will be like, Corey, how tall are you? And I'll go six, two and a half, six, three when I stretch. And the um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I Ernesto. thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it works for the, us anyway. Yeah. Guys, the amount of times I've made that joke in an audition and they like look down at their paper and I'm just sitting there with egg on my face is like, too many times to count. <laughs> like I'll just walk out now. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I go I, I, uh, I, I walk in the room. I make that joke. It crushes. And then uh, then I, I sing the songs. And I'm cracking. I'm I'm not hitting the notes. I'm a little flat. And I could tell that the director, when I walked in, was like, "Sweet, this guy looks the part. He's tall. He's yeah. he's you know he's skinny. He's he he's like long and lanky, kind of how this role is." 
So I could tell the director was like, yeah, this this guy's he's the right type. So now yeah. all he has to do is like not suck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sure enough, I crack on the songs and all that stuff. And I could literally see the air in his balloon deflate. Oh. And I could see the the music director who had rehearsed with me the night before. I could see on his face being like, dude, last night you didn't suck. What's happening? Yeah. And, <laughs> And so then they're like, okay, Corey, can you read the dialogue? And and so uh, so I do the scenes. And I'm what I, what I pride myself on most is my acting. And so the scenes I crushed. And I could see the director sort of gears turning, being like, okay, homeboy can act really well, but like yeah. I wish he could sing. So I walk out into the the lobby, and the music director comes out and pops his head out, and he goes, Corey, go warm up, come back in an hour. I was like. Okay, green light, golden ticket, let's yeah. go. So I go warm up. I wait way longer than an hour, like maybe two hours. All the other guys go. And mind you, it's a room full of guys who look just like me. So I'm like, all right, this, this is great. <laughs> so I'm waiting around as I walk out of the room. I walk out of the room. I walk out of the room. Yeah. And I'm just sitting in the lobby waiting. And then finally, the director, the choreographer, all the producers leave. And... So everyone leaves, and the the music director and the casting director come out. Mary Sugarman is the casting director. She is an angel. I I, I credit her with majority of my career. But she uh they she goes all right, we're ready for you. And I go into the room, and it's just her and the music director. And the music director goes, I just wanted to check something. And so in my head, I'm going, man, like he he's just checking for his sake. He's just checking. Because last night I sounded good, so he's making sure that he's not going crazy. Mm. And so I I go over the songs, and it comes flying out of my face like like it was easy. And he goes, okay, that's what I thought. And so I'm like, great, thanks for wasting my time. And I walk out of the room being like, <laughs> he, you know, like that wasn't that wasn't for an audition. That was just for him to make sure that he wasn't going crazy. Yeah. And I get back to my car. I have not one but two parking tickets. <laughs> and yeah and uh and then i get in the car and i turn on the radio and it's frankie valley in the four seasons uh dawn which is one of the songs in the show and my pessimistic ass is like man this is just god like rubbing it in my face like, <laughs> it, but it, but you know what it actually was was a sign because i got back to maine and the next morning i had a phone call saying uh, you're going to be going on tour with Jersey Boys as Bob Gaudio. And I went, as the understudy? And they go, no, as as the actual role. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Lost my mind, broke my contract, got reamed out by the director at the show I was working at. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? It ended up being for the best because then uh, I did that for two years. And from that wow. came the next show, came the next show, came the next show. And uh, now I'm here where I'm at. Well, where were some of the highlights do you think that came out of that? Like what were like some of your most memorable moments on tour uh, oh, during Joyzy Boys? During Joyzy Boys. Um, Joyzy Boys. There, there's some great stories. I mean, uh, one of my favorites is I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, it. I mean, it's a personal story, but it's hilarious. So I, I might as well tell it. Um, I. <laughs> we're not gonna stop I was you. In, uh, yeah, I was in McAllen, Texas, and I hate running. I'm I'm not a cardio guy at all. Same. I hate running for the life of me. And for some reason in McAllen, Texas, I I I was a running whore. And 
I, w- I went from I went from dying walking up a flight of stairs to running five miles a day. Oh I don't God. know what got into me, but I would run five miles to the local grocery store. And McAllen, Texas, it is beautiful, actually. Like it's 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 right in like um oh uh what's the island that it's right near? I forget what island it's right near, but there's this this island right near it that that has mangoes that run like water. And so all the supermarkets have an abundance of mangoes. So I'm buying ma- I'm running five miles getting mangoes. And I'm literally peeling them with my mouth, like biting into the bark. <laughs> I felt like I was like Tom Hanks in Castaway, biting and peeling them and just like juice running down my yeah. face. And so then the week after, we uh, we're in like Columbus, Ohio, and suddenly I break out in a rash all over my face. My nose is swollen. My chin, my lips are swollen, my eyelids are swollen, and I'm doing I do a full week of shows with this with this rash on my face. I go and see <laughs> oh, a doctor wow. and I sit down. Mind you, I'm on tour and I'm in a relationship at this point and I, I've never been a cheating man. I'm, I'm I'm a very faithful guy and so I sit down with this doctor, and the doctor the doctor doesn't even come close to me. She sits across the room, doesn't touch my face, doesn't touch the rash. She just sits down, and she goes, yeah, I know what this is. And I'm like, please tell me. What, yeah. like, yeah, like, what, what the yeah. hell is this? And she goes, have you performed oral sex recently? <laughs> and I go no. I was like my girlfriend's on tour and you know like not, or my girlfriend's not on tour with me and you know I'm on tour and I I don't cheat and she goes okay and like as if she's like yeah sure she goes <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well it's a yeast infection on your face and I'm like what a yeast infection I'm like how could that happen she goes you know maybe maybe washcloths dirty washcloths you're using in hotels this and that and I'm like. All right, so I take this medicine that's supposed to like dry out the yeast infection for a week. My rash only gets worse. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I do another <laughs> week of shows with this face, and now my cast is like making fun of me for having a yeast infection on my face. <laughs> I get to Indianapolis. I get to Indianapolis and I go and see a dermatologist because now I'm like, this is fucking miserable. I want to peel my face off. Yeah. And I walk into the dermatologist and she like touches my face finally. And she goes, she goes, what medicine have you been taking? I tell her, I'm like, I have a yeast infection on my face. (laughs) And she goes, no, you just have an allergic reaction. And she goes, have you changed your diet recently? And I was like, well, I've been eating a lot of mangoes. She goes. Yeah, a lot of people are allergic to mango bark. She goes, she goes, you're probably not allergic to mangoes, but you're allergic to mango bark. And I go, oh, because I'm <laughs> peeling them with my face. <laughs> like, that explains it. So I did two weeks full of shows due to mangoes in McAllen, Texas, <laughs> with a rash all over my face. So uh, and so to the doctor in Columbus, Ohio, that. <laughs> That misprescribed me. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> please, royally. I, I hope she's listening. <laughs> oh my what the god. fuck? Yeah, man. that is so, fucking crazy. Yeah. So that's that's one of my favorite stories. Um, and you know, like 
the best part about tour was like getting to see places that I never thought I'd, you know, like, you know, like obviously, you know, the hot spots in the United States, you go to like Florida, you go to New York, you go to California, you know, like you, you hit and like, you know, Tennessee, Texas, but like, it's like the like Toledo, Ohio's the, the, you know, the Des Moines, Iowa's that like, I never <laughs> would be like, you know where I want to go for vacation, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to see those spots, and now I know that like they're like in in uh, I think it's De- Des Moines, Iowa has this sick speakeasy bar that like if I ever find myself in Des Moines, Iowa, I'll go to the I think it's the it's called the Looking Glass if I recall correctly, um, one of my favorite pizza places in the entire country. Um, I believe it's in it's in Ohio, and I want to say it's in I want to say it's in Toledo, Ohio. Um, no, or is that in Des Moines? Whatever it is. It's called Fong's Pizza. <laughs> it's a pizza parlor that they repurposed a Chinese restaurant and repurposed it to be a pizza parlor, but they kept all of the Chinese like authenticity and they like they still have all the Chinese, you know, uh, decorations and everything and they have Chinese food infused pizza and they have a crab rangoon pizza that is literally on my deathbed feed me it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's that good. It's incredible. <laughs> Wow. wow, incredible! Um, you know what? While we're while uh, uh, I'm you know doing this, I'm gonna look up oh, Fong's Pizza. <laughs> Let's see where this place is. This this is a free ad for Fong's Pizza. It is Des Moines, Iowa. It is Des Moines. Okay, Des Moines, Iowa. So uh, if for you those in Des Moines who are listening, Iowa. yeah. So Fong's Pizza is gonna sponsor this podcast soon. <laughs> Thank you. No, Thank yeah, you. No, Make sure we tag them. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are not sponsored by Fong's Pizza, but you know, if you guys want, just saying, <laughs> we're we're open to it. Really. Yeah, yeah. We're open to it. But I'm not yeah, gonna say no. no. I, I yeah, it. exactly. I love so, Tor, so, though. When you were on stage, were there any like some big moments that you felt like maybe you would not have gotten? If you were maybe like just at a at a normal uh, uh, theater like that, which is stationary. Yeah, you know, um, there were a couple moments like that. Um, obviously, you know, in uh, when we played Jacksonville, um, literally like my entire hometown, you know, our home hometown, you know, my mom and dad went around practically handing out tickets, <laughs> um, and, and we we had I think I had 50 people from Stewart, you know, like people, oh, wow. you know, kids and their parents that I grew up with at my local theater, you know, like the kids that I that were like you know five and ten when I was 18 were now 16. And I was, you know, uh, 19 or whatever, you know, that, that math doesn't add up, but whatever, <laughs> you know, like, we know like you all, all of the kids and their parents and like my mentors, like Corbin, you know, the, our uh, choir director, uh, at Martin mm-hmm. County high school, like my mentors that I grew up with all came to see me and like having that much love and energy in the audience doing my dream role. Like that was, that's, that's a memory that will never leave me. Um, so that. Also, like in in Los Angeles, um, uh, my my now good friend Mark Ballas, who was uh, he was on Dancing with the Stars for a while. He uh, he played Frankie on Broadway, and when we were in L.A., he came to do it with us because he's from L.A. And so you know the the producers of Jersey Boys were like, hell yeah, like you know playing your hometown. So yeah. he came and did it in L.A. And so. Having, you know, a, a, a guy like Mark in our cast and he's got friends like like Liana Lewis or Liana Lewis, who sings, you know, uh, 
uh, Bleeding Love yeah. and like Joey Fatone from Backstreet Boys, like all of these mm. like these celebrities came out to see us, you know, to see their friend Mark. And suddenly I'm 19, being like, "Holy shit! Like you're from Backstreet Boys, you're from like Kenny Ortega, who, uh, wow. who oh yeah, uh, you know, created High School Musical, choreographed musical. High School Musical, and you know, like." shamelessly i i am a high school musical i was a high school musical fanatic and so he to, came to, to see us to in la and like to, what was that i was saying i used to jam to it you don't there's i no used shame. to love it <laughs> there's no, no shame. Shame. <laughs> like look like if you're still a fan of it now we're still we're not judging you here we're, it's right, sick. i i listened to it to go to <laughs> boys are back boys are back <laughs> no, but like, but but like that was sick. And then obviously, you know, the the biggest one was getting to meet Bob Gaudio and having him sit in the audience as I'm playing him and like tell me, like I, I believe his words were, um, you know, I think he said something like, "Obviously, I can't see myself, but I bet you Frankie would say that you're very similar to the way that I was when I was your age." And I was like, "Oh." I think that's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> that's as complimentary as you can yeah. muster. Yeah, right? Yeah, and, and like Frankie Valley came to see the show, and, uh, you know, it's about his life. So, like, that was fucking sick. Um, I got to meet Neil Diamond when he came with Bob wow. Gaudio because Bob wow. Gaudio recorded a lot of Neil's records. And so he came to see the show with Bob. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I thank Jersey Boys for so, so much of my career you know it taught me so much it gave me a family uh and it, it gave me opportunities it helped me pay off my student loans it, it, <laughs> it was, it's it was the gift that kept on giving you know yeah so what what would be your suggestion to like because my my son who's eight has is like he wants to go into musical theater and i mean cool. he, every time he's in front of the bus he performs <clears throat> so yes. like what what would you what would you tell somebody who who knows even at that age like what, what what would be your direction for them what would you think a good direction for them to head in i mean keep on keep on doing the concerts for mom and dad you know that, <laughs> that that's that's how i started man i i remember my brother and i my little brother and i uh used to literally between during commercial breaks we would watch american idol as a family every week uh-huh. And during commercial breaks, he and I would get up and we would sing our best 32 bars for mom and dad. And dad, dad would, dad would teeter between Simon and Randy. So sometimes he would be like dog. Sometimes he would be like, oh, you know, you'd be British. And mom was always Paula. And, and they would, they would critique us. So, so keep doing those concerts, um, which I'm sure you love, man. I do. I do. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> Sometimes and, they come out of nowhere. Like we'll be like we'll be like cooking dinner, and he just starts dancing in the middle of the living room. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> there it is. There it is. It's incredible. He's like doing man. cartwheels and stuff. Like he's crazy. <laughs> Good for him. No, but but also you know like keep at it, and also do it do it every chance you get. You know like sign him up for for theater camp. You know like have him do shows, and because honestly like the best education you're gonna get is doing it. You know, like you got to do it. You know, you can go to school for it. Sure. But honestly, everything, everything that I learned besides two, two select teachers in college, you know, everything else I learned by doing, you know, part of the reason that I, I, I fell in love with it was just because I kept doing it and I kept falling deeper and deeper in love with it. And also like, you know, it, it's a hard industry. It's a oh, really yeah. hard industry. So it's it's what we were saying. I think we were saying it before we even started recording. So um, for the for the listeners, you know, I was saying like 
it's a really hard industry and and so i i would rather fail at this that i love than succeed in anything else mm. and so when the bar is literally that low <laughs> you know <laughs> you, you you've gotta you've gotta succeed in it so you know like really it's like i would rather do this than anything i would rather play the tree on the left in in my my old high school's production like i'd rather i'd rather go back to martin <laughs> county high school and play a tree than you know do anything else so like oh. it, i think when when you're addicted to it that much then like you can't go wrong there, there was a point in my life where i did i went to I actually went to a performing arts middle school matt but you've heard the story i had i have i, I had a horrific experience on no. stage but but you know what? Looking back, like looking back on the story, is because I and it's I learned a very valuable lesson about being prepared and actually mm. taking the time to learn and to practice. I walked on stage, I was on stage by myself, a single spotlight, and I completely forgot my words. I, I didn't know I didn't know what <laughs> to say. I just stood there, and I had a parent laugh me off stage. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, seventh grade. I will never. This this memory is forever burned into my mem- forever burned into my brain. <laughs> oh, but, you've got serious PTSD with that shit. But you, but you, I learned a very valuable lesson that yeah. I carry. I carry with me today. I never go anywhere unprepared. I'm I'm about Good. as prepared as I as I always can be. I mean, it was a very valuable lesson. But I but I I want to nurture. I'm you know I want to nurture my son because yeah you know he's. He's he's got it. He's got a he's got a natural talent for it, and it's you know Good, and, it, and, and it's what he wants to do. Man, then like what else could you ask for, right? Exactly, and that's when and that's when you see people succeed like yourself. That mm-hmm. when that passion when that passion comes through because it's you know it's what they love. You can tell. Yeah, yeah man. That's awesome. Uh, I love that. So, Corey, I see. Obviously, there was a, a transition for you. Uh, after you were done touring with with Jersey Boys, uh, Jersey Boys, Jersey Boys. Uh, was there a, was there a, a transition for you to go into acting for television? Like did the pandemic push that forward? Where they were just like you wanted to try something new? How did you get involved with now acting for television? You know, it's so funny. Everyone always asks that question. That that the same exact way they're like. What made you want to get into TV and this and that? And I'm like, what made me get like, it just happened. Like, it, I I wish that it was like a conscious decision that I was like, and now I will do TV. Like, it literally <laughs> just happened. Like, I'm I'm so fucking lucky, dude. It, it, you know, no, I'm you know, no, I gotta give myself credit. I I yeah. work my ass off, and I I I'm a, a nerd for this shit, and I love this shit so much, and I can't do anything else. Um, and so, you know, it, there's a lot more than luck, but I, I'm very lucky. I'm blessed that it has fallen the way that the cards have fallen the way that they've fallen. You know, I, if you look at the trajectory of my career, it's been, you know, doing high school theater, doing community theater, going to college for it, going to, uh, regional theaters, getting my equity card, doing national tours, taking that same show on tour to New York, doing, uh, a brand new show out of town. We did like an out of town trial for a pre Broadway show. And then I did a show on Broadway and then I did from Broadway, I booked TV. And so basically the transition that, that you're talking about, um, I, I was in beautiful, the Carol King musical on Broadway and it was my Broadway debut. And I, 
had two months to do it. So I I booked the show in like May of 2019, and the show and my 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 debut date was September. In August, they announced the show was closing, and I was like, "You're fucking kidding me!" Oh shit! Oh, I was like, "So now I'm not gonna get to do it." Um, but they ended up saying you'll do the last two months. So I went in, I did the last two months and during those two months, mind you, I had 60 days to do this show. And during those 60 days, the casting director of power, uh, Billy Hopkins at the time, uh, came to see the show. Like of all times that he came to see Beautiful the Carol King musical, the show ran for five years, and he came to see it during those two months, and he happened to be casting for the role that I'm now playing on Ghost, um, and he was like, "This guy's kind of talented," and uh, and he called me in for the role of Trace Weston, and uh, I went in for it, and mind you, the breakdown for Trace Weston was um, a frat frat boy water polo you know like douchebag <laughs> and so i'm thinking like okay i i look like a frat boy i look like water polo because i'm i'm tall and long and like you know like i i guess but like i don't know if this is right for me and i went in for it and i did the audition once again walked out of it going eh, i don't know i don't know if that's gonna happen and sure enough i i got the role and i was like holy shit and now we're going into our third freaking season playing Trace Weston in, in Power Book 2 Ghost. And then from there, uh, you know, I did that for about a year uh, on and off because of COVID. And then took a whole year where I was like basically not working because everything was halted. And uh, then like April, yeah, end of April, I was going to move back to New York. The last week of April... I get an audition for 4,400 and that's literally the first audition that I've ever had. No, beautiful. I walked out of it feeling this way too, but it was the first TV audition that I walked out of where I walked out and I went, I think I got that. And nice. sure enough, uh, a month later I was in Chicago filming the pilot of my first series regular on a TV show. Well, that's, how'd that feel? Awesome. I'm fucking awesome, man. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it was so cool. I mean, like, we we've still got two episodes left till the season finale, and like every week, you know, like my now that I'm home with my my parents, like we we sit on the couch and watch it, and like just like take it in. And my dad every once in a while he'll be like, "It's so fucking weird seeing you on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> like you're here, and you're there. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird, man. But it's it's you know." It's so cool, and it's a different kind of acting. It's a different style. It's, you know, with stage, you're performing to the back rafters. You know, you're performing for 1,500-seat houses on Broadway. On tour, when I was on tour with Jersey Boys, we performed for a 7,500-seat amphitheater. Wow. You know, uh, so, like, we're performing for massive houses. So you're having to perform for the people in the back row. Whereas with TV, every every tiny movement you make, the minutia matters. So it's it's a different style that I've really grown to love. It's much more natural and uh, it's it's pretty cool. But how is it now working? Because I mean, stars and CW 
deliver completely different styles of content. <laughs> like, how is it? Like, you're like you're like a CW teenage drama and like this a very adult drama on stars. What is it like? Yeah, kind it's of like balancing one, one has those tits, one doesn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell, that's pretty much what it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one's about like people reappearing from some like abduction. The other one's about literal like drug dealing and murder. <laughs> Um, you know it's it's so much fun in the beginning it was it was challenging because it was like this bouncing back and forth and like having to to bounce because on one show i'm playing this like loving father on the other one i'm playing a douchey frat boy who's addicted to coke like (laughs) it's literally and and, um, the the crazier thing is on one show i'm playing a father of a 16 year old now mind you in real life i'm not I'm not even 30. And so so I'm playing up on that show. I, they put on they put age makeup on, they put gray wow. hair, you know, like they they add all of this other shit whereas on Ghost I'm playing like 23, 22 and like douchey so frat, boy. So, like, <laughs> douchey frat boy. You're it's a hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. And so like bouncing back and forth, that was tough. And you know what, honestly, the the toughest one was Logan on 4400 because like I said I'm I'm playing you know approaching 40 you know we 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 fluff the age a little bit so we're we're not really pinpointing the age because we never really clarify the age when you first meet him in the flashbacks um I mean I have the age in my head but there's no point in telling the listeners that because of course you know suspension of disbelief of course but uh <laughs> but you know like there was a huge part of it where I'm going no one's going to believe that I'm a father. No one's going to believe this. No one's going And the craziest thing is no one has said a single thing. And now now that people are starting to realize cuz now Ghost is back airing and I I'm in a couple episodes of season 2. And so now both shows are airing simultaneously and so people are starting to put two and two together and they're like, "Holy sh- wait a second. They're like the hold on. Trace is Logan. Logan's wait. So what? how old is this fucking guy? <laughs> like it's people are like I don't know if you're the oldest 20 year old or the youngest 40 year old. And I'm like sick. 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 Nice. I'm here I'm for like, it either way. Honestly. <laughs> the truth is somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like one of the nicest guys. Man. Out there right now. How how do you channel that your inner douchebag asshole <laughs> guy who loves coke on on on, on stars on 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 Power Book Two Ghost? Like, well, like where, thank where, you. Where, where, where where are you getting that energy from? Is like are you just getting like any rage you had? Like I'm just gonna put into this character. Yeah. Right. No, you know what? Uh, you you haven't spent enough time with me. <laughs> no. Oh, okay, then no, uh, clearly no, not. <laughs> yeah, clearly. No, no. What it is, honestly, like the 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 douchebag, like a trace on on ghosts, like where that comes from. Like we all know that guy. We all know yes. that like the guy who's insufferable. The guy that you're like, you know, like if you're at a party, he walks in and everyone's like, fuck. Because <laughs> like, like, Trace is that guy. Like, <laughs> like truly, he walks into the party and everyone's like, All right, "What time is it?" Oh yeah. shit, I should probably head out. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's weird, that weird. guy. Um, so like, so a, it comes from like I know that guy. B, it comes from just like, you know, like a, a huge part of who this guy is is he's he's a big brother. 
um, you know, to the one of the main characters on the show is Braden Weston, my brother, um, who's played by Gian, Gianni Paolo, who's fucking incredible and hilarious. Um, you know, so part of it, part, a huge chunk of his person is being a big brother, and he's a he's like such a dick big brother, and like I can proudly and unproudly say that I've been a, a douchey big brother, like picking on my little brother and like just being a dick for no reason. <laughs> and so like that part comes super easy. And so then you just let that bleed into the rest of him and he's just a dick all around. And then <laughs> suddenly you've got a, a, a three dimensional human being who's a piece <laughs> of shit and no one likes. <laughs> so now if somebody wanted to watch you on book two, they so do they need to watch the original series to understand the no. elements of book two? So, you know, obviously I, I recommend watching the original just because I I love the original. It was so good. When I first booked the show, I was like, all right, I guess I should watch this show. And I it, it the show is sick. The, the original series, Power, was six seasons long. I watched it in a week and a half. All oh, six shit. seasons. I know. My it parents is, love it. My, my it family is so loves it. <laughs> freaking good, man. And so, so you know, like as your parents would say, it it really is like captivating. And every like they the thing that Courtney Kemp does so well, Courtney Kemp who created the show is she never wants the audience to be able to guess what's gonna happen. Mm. And so you know, like honestly, like it's hilarious because I don't even know what's gonna happen like in the 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 upcoming season. And so like when people are people are like messaging me on Twitter being like. You're gonna die, and I'm like, honestly, maybe, but I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> like, like, I don't like literally after the first season, I thought they were gonna kill me off, and then like second season, I'm still here. So like, I'm at this point, I'm not guessing anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so like, with 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 the original, I recommend watching it, but you can watch the the second iteration, which is Ghost, um, which is the show we're talking about. Um, you can totally watch that without without any you know uh, knowledge of the show. They do nice a nice job of recapping, you know, like what you need to know um, when the show starts, and then also when they're explaining things that like things that you may have needed to know from the original. They the writers are so good on the show. They they do it in a seamless way that isn't like. And now we're gonna give you exposition so that you understand the next scene. Like yeah. <laughs> they, they like do it in a way that seems authentic. It's just it's a it's such a smart show. Okay. Yeah. So just watch that. That's all I can recommend. <laughs> do you feel like there was more pressure going into an already established show? Like people love power, so when you got involved with that and you got hired to do the job, like right, now I need to live up to this expectation. Um, or was there a, Oh, hold on. I lost you. I lost the video. Okay. Okay. Just, just, I, I saw that. I saw you went away and then I was like, I'm not sure if you can still hear me or not. So let's, should be able to get back real. Can you see me? I can still hear you. Oh, there, there, you, there go. you go. There we go. All right. We're All right sorry good, about good that. Good to go. No, you're fine. Back, back to the original question. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. do you feel like there's more pressure going into a show that was already established or was there more pressure kind of headlining a new show that no one has ever seen before? Definitely the latter. Definitely, you know, headlining a new show, you know, going into an already established show and and a show that is so fleshed out 
and it it it's so it's so loved that they're making a a spin-off cuz Power was the original and they spun it off right. into Ghost and then they spun it off into Raising Kanan and spun it off into Force. So like they have three spin-offs, which just goes to show how much people fuck with that show. Mm, and right. so so when you're joining that show, it's kind of like cool. I just have to I just have to make contact with the ball and I'm kind of good. <laughs> like, and, and so like, I was like, I was like, all right, as long as like, and I, honestly, like, even if I miss, if I swing, the team's going to be like, all right, he tried. You know, like, <laughs> and, and, and so, and honestly, like the first day on set with ghost, it was kind that's kind of how it felt. Cause it was, it was one of my first times on TV. You know, I had done a movie, but I had done a movie like five years before and I didn't know what I was doing at all. So this was the first time that I was like, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing. I just spent a year on tour or two years, you know, in Jersey Boys, a year on or uh, two months on Broadway. You know, like I, I'm I'm weathered. I I've done this. So like now, I just have to swing. And so I just felt like I was swinging and hoping to make contact. And then like as the season dropped, I was like, okay, you're making contact. Great. You know, run to first, run to second. Let's let's keep it going. And so now with with 4400, I'm joining this new company, this new cast, this new show where we are creating it from the ground up. And mind you, we're a reboot of a show that was under the same name on USA back in the early 2000s. And so there's so much pressure with a reboot, too, because people hate on it just because it's a reboot. Mm-hmm. People people hate on it because they love the original and they're like, I'm not gonna watch the reboot. And to that, I'm like, <laughs> okay, you're missing great television, but like that's on right. you. You know, I can't be pissed off at you because you because you loved the show, you know, 20 years ago, and you're not gonna give us a chance. Um, but like there there was a a huge amount of pressure because I was like, all right, well, like with Ghost, they have they have it's almost like they there's a, a an audience built in. Whereas 4400, we are literally every week scooping up new people, you know, people who who are watching the show before us. That's, you know, like uh, it it was all American for a while before they finished Mm. their season. And so, like, the fans of all American would watch that show and they'd leave their TV on for an extra five minutes. And the first five minutes of our show has to capture them enough to watch the next 45 Mm, right yeah that's a good point and so there there was a huge responsibility of like you know it's it's opening a restaurant it's being like damn like we built it now you know field of dreams is it's nice concept build it and they will come but it's not always the case (laughs) right so do do you see do you see yourself like were you involved with the ground up in the process or like you can obviously like maybe change the direction of maybe some of the story that was going with the character or kind of stuff like that because it was this was a fresh idea we're not kind of taking it from something else that was already established yeah you know so when i first got the role they had only written the pilot episode so the first episode was all they had so i went into it being like all right so this is my guy logan this is my guy for this episode i have no clue if episode 10 he turns into the villain i have no right. clue if if i have no clue if episode three they kill him off i i literally only know this guy in the parameters of the 55 page script that they gave me for the first episode so i had to create this character and honestly 
even to till the season finale, I was still creating him. I was still going, who is this? Who is this guy? What is he about? What makes him tick? What does he care about? What, you know, like all that. And so it was, it was the hardest part was, you know, like with theater, you have the character in a two hour time period or two and a half hours, you know, with Jersey boys, I had to create my version of Bob Gaudio in a two and a half hour play. From the beginning, I know who he is, and by the end, I know who he is. Whereas with this, I'm constantly getting new information about Logan, about this character, about, you know, like, like who he is. So I have to figure that out as I'm going. Um, so I have to create him and build a clay statue, but I can't put it in the kiln yet. I can't cook it because I, I still have to add stuff on. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So – question for you so like when you're looking at the script and you're reading out loud and you're going back and forth what kind of input do you have with the writers like as far as like well i don't know if he would say it like this like you know what i mean that's pretty much it so like like for instance uh we get the script for the episode and you know the episode is uh cory cory goes on a podcast and i'm not gonna I'm not going to go, I don't know if Corey would go on a podcast. They're going to go, no, he's going to go on a podcast because that's the scene. <laughs> yeah. But, but if, if there's, if there's a certain thing, if I go, Matt, I don't fucking like you, dude. <laughs> and I go, I go, guys, I don't think he, he would say that. Then they go, okay. And we, it's a discussion and, uh, okay. and it okay. maybe they want, they want Corey to hate Matt. But but maybe if they want him to hate Matt, but I think maybe Corey would say it differently instead of instead of cursing at him and saying I hate you. Maybe I'd I'd be like, man, there's something about you, you know, like that. Like I like I can tweak it and and say, I, can I try it this way? And they're like, sure, try it. And then yeah. if we we try it that way and they like it, then we run with it. If not, some like there there were some times that I I would suggest things on set and they'd be like. Uh, can we keep it the way it's written? And I'd be like, great. Cause at the end of the day, my job as an actor is to make their words come to life. Correct. You know, right. my job is not to write the episode. So when they True. give it to me, if there's something that I'm hell bent on, I don't know if this is it. I can say, can, can we try it this way? And a lot of the time they're like, let's try it. And then we try it. And if they like it, they're like, keep doing it that way. And if they don't like it, they're like, yeah, let's just go back to the original. I'm like, great. Well, it sounds like you have a great writing team, like because you know, oh, like yeah. the fact that they're that it's not a one-way street, that it's more of a conversation than as opposed to just you know read the words on the page. Yeah, man. I, I, both shows, both shows have such great <clears throat> writers. I mean, TV is such a it's a beast to write, man. I it bet. is such a beast to write because also you got to remember, like, like you're not writing every episode. You're writing one episode out of ten. You know, they have a writer's right. room of 10 or they have a writer's room of six and you're writing one episode, Matt's writing two, I'm writing two, and then other people are like, we're all writing different episodes. So they may go, hey, you know, I'm uh, Corey's going to write episode seven. And so then I have to like see how things are forming throughout the season and take little things and, and go, all right, now uh, – and maybe a week before we need to start filming, like make the final touches to my script based on what I'm learning from the episodes we're shooting prior. Mm. It's crazy, man. The, wow. Where, where do you see yourself kind of 
going forward from here? Do you feel like you want to take your career moving forward into, say, more television or more maybe even diving into some movies? Or do you feel like that maybe you want to kind of go back to Broadway and kind of do more, you know, stage productions or you kind of just go with the flow and you're willing to do whatever you want to do at this point? You know, the last one, honestly, like I've always said that I, I love this shit so much, man. Like I can't imagine doing anything else. And so like any, any way that I can get my hands dirty, I just want to box, like put me in the ring. I, I, like I said, I'll go play the tree at my high school. I don't care. <laughs> you know, obviously there, you know, now that I'm, I'm doing things and I've built a resume, there is a, a, like a, a, like a, a strategy, I suppose, you know, going all sure, right, now yeah. here's where we want to go. Obviously I want to do TV and film. I like, I love that stuff. Um, I would love, I I've done one film and I would love to do more. Um, I, I, I think this is the year of film for me. Um, and, uh, I, I, I but I just want to keep on working. Like if, if it's on 4,400, if we get renewed for a second season, which fingers crossed, great. If it's, you know, another season of ghosts and another season of ghosts and another season of ghosts, great. If it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, I play a murderer on Law and Order just for one episode, great. <laughs> if I'm playing the lead in a in a movie, great. Like, uh, whatever it is, man, I just want to get my hands dirty because I love this so freaking much, man. Well, we can I, we can definitely tell. At least, I mean, I'm sure you, Matt, you've known him for so much longer, so you already know. But in the little bit of time I, I've spent with you, like, you know, I'm a fan. Thanks, man. I'm a fan <laughs> I mean, too. to be. To be honest, I, I, I like I wanted to. You're, you're, you've gotten me interested to. to I mean, I want to. I've been to check out some of your work. Let's go. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Got, you've hooked me as a fan. Let's go. <laughs> me too, man. Uh, <laughs> of course, speaking of some of your work, uh, aside from you know being on Broadway and being on television, you're also uh, a songwriter, and yeah, you've written man. some songs. And I and I've listened to some of your work on, and I saw found them at Apple Apple Music. So that's what I have. And uh, some of your singles, "You Me Whiskey," yeah, "Right man. Love," uh, "Wrong Time," "Pretty Bird." Is this something that you're kind of just doing on the side, or is this something like how, how does how does this kind of writing music kind of fit into what's already seems like your busy schedule that, that you're doing here you know so songwriting i've always i've always done it i've always you know done it as just like a side thing as a therapeutic thing um but you know with uh with those with the tracks that i have online that was all pandemic projects that was all mm. you know like because i've always said i want to get in the studio but you know like it's so expensive to get in the studio and unless you like have your songs like fully realized getting into the studio like it just gets more and more expensive the longer you're in there and so the pandemic finally like gave me the time to sit and realize that like i can do it on my own uh you know one of my buddies uh that went to jensen beach high school um our, our one of our rival high schools um, of course yeah of course um that he he's a producer here uh, and he brought his equipment to, cause I was staying with my family through the pandemic. And so he came to my parents' house and recorded uh, pretty bird in my parents' living room. Oh, and, wow. and pretty bird was just like a, a song that I had re- It's like a fun song. There's nothing, there's nothing like special to it, but I was like, you know what? It's, it's was the first song that I had like finished 
you know, like when I was like in my early 20s. So I was like, you know, this seems appropriate to like to to put down. And so I tracked it. And then I was like, you know what? I did it. Might as well put it on Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. And then then I saw how easy it was for him to do. So then I started learning recording software. So I downloaded Logic. I got myself the recording equipment that I'm using right now. And uh, and I started making like Right Love Wrong Time. I produced my own, and uh, and you and me and whiskey I produced on my own, and and so like I I did all of that on my own, and it became this like therapeutic way of of just like putting putting myself out there and showing that like I I can do other stuff, and I you know like music has always been like a passion of mine, and I would love to have a career in it, and. I'd love to, you know, have people listen to my music. And ultimately, you know, one day I want to get into the studio and I, ha I have a full studio album like in my head that I want to do, but it's going to, it's going to take some time and it's going to take a hell of a lot of money that I'm not ready to spend right now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't blame you there. Uh, well, well, Corey, that speaking of songwriting, I did tell you that I had a surprise for you earlier uh, in I'm not sure if you know what it is, but I did some digging on it. If if it doesn't work, iPad, I might need to dip away just for a few seconds to grab my phone. I think phone. I know what this is. Do you think you know what this is? It's is, it's. Is it the senior video? Uh, it, right here that I've now recorded from my phone is this little video right here. Uh, this is the senior memories, <laughs> in which you uh wrote a song for the closing. <laughs> Of the senior memories, and I have it right. I'll play a little bit for it. I'm not sure if you I remember what you wrote. Do you remember at all what this, what how the song goes? Uh, yeah, I remember there being being something that was very grammatically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it's. I, I, I like I like the way it sounded, so I didn't change it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see if I can play it here for you. Sung this song? Yeah. This is you? Wow. Yeah. times that faith is shooken but you gotta dance like there's nobody looking i was yeah. like i was like well i can't change it what else runs yeah. looking wait, wait, <laughs> nothing it was like it can't I, be faith will be shaken 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I dug that up. I, I, I think, I think I know where this, where this senior memories is. And I pulled the DVD. I'm like, I don't even know how to take a disc and get it on here on my computer. So I'm just gonna do it on my phone. You, um, you gotta send I, me that. Yeah, I will. I'm gonna send it to you. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember that, I had come up to you in. If we had, I think we had Theobald together. It was the geography class. That sounds about right. And uh, I had asked you, hey, can you write a song for our senior memories? And sure enough, you did. And uh, and you know, and it made it into the final final edit of of this. And it ended up kind of be a little bit of a music video as well. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, made it happen. Made it happen. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that'd be a nice blast from the past. I'm not sure if you remember oh, that I at all. I love but... that man. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, also, I'm but, I'm get I'm getting a call right now, but I don't want to cancel it because then it's gonna cancel out of your. Th- so I'll just wait for it to go away. Oh, okay, all right, I appreciate that. Um, Corey, if, if if you have a little bit of time, uh, we'd like to discuss just a little bit on uh, on West Side Story if you have a minute. Absolutely. Um, well, let's let's dive into that. Let's dive into some uh, West Side Story talk. I know, or uh, I know you said you weren't you weren't able to see the movie, but. Uh, but I, I know uh, the show like the back I, you, of my hand, and I'm sure you it. do. Actually, if, if you if you don't mind, there is a uh, I'm not too familiar with the show or with the with the with the musical before I saw the movie. Ernesto, are, are you were you familiar with West Side Story before you watched the movie? Uh, not really. I just know that obviously it's rooted from Romeo and Juliet. Right, right, right. So what, Corey, from your perspective? What is the story of West Side Story? And I kind of want to see if it lines up to what we actually saw from the movie version. Uh, to me, it's you know, like Ernesto just said, it's it's West Side or it's a it's West Side Story. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's Romeo Correct. and Juliet. It's yeah. Romeo and Juliet based in what you know when it was written in you know what was it like the sixties, fifties, or sixties? Nineteen fifty-seven. In fifty-seven, um, mm-hmm. when it was when it was written and, and produced, it it's based in America of that time, um, which, to be honest, was was my first, you know, like it was the first thing that I said when it when they wanted to make a, a revival of the movie and do it exactly how the original was i was like well if you're gonna make you know like the whole reason that that west side story was made was to show romeo and juliet basically today in 57 so if we're gonna remake it today why not make it modern which is what they did on broadway they had you know like they they did the same concept of it being two rival gangs but the jets had tattoos and the sharks had tattoos and buzzed heads and it was like it was it was it was a sick production and instead of the choreography being ballet it was it was contemporary ballet so it was a little bit more modern and 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 grungier and like and and it the movie ended you know not to spoil anything but but you know the the death at the end of the movie was like a quentin tarantino film rather than like a little gunshot wound like Mm -hmm. it was like it was it was gruesome and so you know it was it was evolving with the time so when spielberg announced that he was going to make this i was like okay like do we have to though um <laughs> but, but yeah you know like it's 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 a love story it's about it's about tony and maria falling in love against all odds and uh about this this culture and why people hate each other and why people are afraid of each other and, and intolerance and, and acceptance. You know, I think, th- I think there's a lot of themes, but the, the overarching theme 
I think where where most of the uh, conflict and most of the the themes uh, intersect is the love story. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah, love I, conquers all. Love's blind. Love, love exactly. has no bounds. Yeah. So, uh, so Ernesto, with that, I mean, I think the movie kind of tackled a lot of those similar themes. But this is this is our we're diving into a little bit to our spoiler review here. But Ernesto, what were your thoughts on the film? Did did you feel like it needed to be remade? Do you feel like this was a story that needed to be told today? Like, what were your thoughts on on the film? I'm kind of wishing that they had gone the direction of what Corey just described because they did the film did exactly what they just mirrored the original like we're looking at 1957's new york um it was it was okay it was it was good i rachel zegler did it an absolute phenomenal job for this being her first time on a on a film like being plucked out of nowhere um she was incredible she was good i thought her voice was amazing she has she has really great range the one thing's and it, I guess this is really my problem with seeing musical adaptations on screen is that a lot of the times I feel like they don't translate well. Because I felt like there was a lot of love and just, just there was a lot of love for like Dear Evan Hansen. But like when Dear Evan Hansen came to the film, like it just I felt like it just didn't it, it was OK. Oh, like it fell short. Like the music was incredible. The music was so good. Oh, yeah. But but like the story wise, I was like. It was kind of like kind of cringy, and I kind of and I and I kind of had the same feeling here. I feel like what we were missing, like I feel like this would be like it it needs to live as a stage production, unless you're gonna unless unless you update it for the times. Mm. But I did like the way that it was shot because he shot it like a like I felt like I was watching a musical, like everything was very like flat. With like very you know very simplistic set pieces, um, very wide angle. I, I I there were certain parts that I enjoyed, but I just felt like it 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 just dragged a little bit. And Matt, I know you didn't really care for this movie. I didn't. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna put on front street. I'm gonna be really honest. The movie started and I was like, all right, and then it, like it had like the. And I was like, uh, all right, cool, 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 cool. So we are, we are uh, getting a, we are, we are doing like almost like a, a retelling of it as if it was made in the 1960s. Yeah. And like, I'm all for that to some degree, but we really went home with it. And I was like, Why? this, this story could have been monered, mon, mon, modernized uh, to to today. You could have told West Side Story in 2021 or 2022. That, that that's kind of my biggest gripe with the movie. And at the end of the day, it just wasn't for me. I, Ernesto, yeah. I told you I was gonna tell you the story of a theater experience. There was an older uh, woman there that when the movie was over and the mu the music was swelling and we went to roll to credits, she was like, it was it, it was so beautiful. And like she was crying and I'm like the driest eye in the theater. I, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I'm like, no, I saw it. I get it. It was Rachel Zegler has a voice of an angel that oh, that's yeah. nowhere to be seen. It's when I heard when literally I'm like just slugging in my seat eating popcorn is like. Man, we still got another hour and a half in this movie. <laughs> Shit. All I right. think no, she's that's... phenomenal. 
she she was i mean when when she started singing tonight and i was like i literally like got out of my seat just like oh wait a minute mm. this movie is this this movie's hiding its hidden guns right now it's yeah, like right. it's and but then like uh the tony the guy who plays tony when when he was singing i was like oh all right well it wasn't yeah, as he, he, i was like uh, really why not cast someone who's a, a notoriously a singer that it, it's an opera yes west side yes. story is an opera it's 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 not like a a, a what you think of when you think of an opera, but like it was written as a musical opera. So to have Ansel Elgort, who's not a singer firsthand, I was like, come on. Hopefully, you know, as you guys know, I haven't seen it. So I don't know. He, but did he, he must've acted his ass off. I thought he, I I thought he was okay. He was was fine. He was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Fine's not enough. You're right. Yeah. I mean, not <laughs> no, for Tony. Right. For not for no. I get not for that as set and iconic as that. But I will say another standout was Ariana DeBose as Anita. I felt like Everyone she loves her. She absolutely killed it. Every time she was on scene, she stole. She just she stole the scene every time she was every time she was on screen. And yeah. also, um, when they did um, Living in America, uh-huh. that song she was oh that was that was my favorite number from her is that oh, whole yeah. that whole number they did that they they showed on screen that I thought that that and the what was really the only thing I really enjoyed at the end was how they depicted the um where Anita is about to get like attacked by the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. a really that was like the one really intense scene. Well, obviously, yeah. we, you know when Tony gets shot too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but right, even yeah. that actually that actually I take that back. That was kind of like a letdown because he he it, just like Chino, come shoot me. <laughs> Yeah, right. And then he yeah. turns in the street and he just like a single shot to the like a little twenty two, like a little hole. He goes, Ugh and he just falls to the ground. No. <laughs> yeah. And 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 then Maria comes running in and she's like, No, I'm here because because Tony thinks Maria is dead at this yeah. point and, and they had like a little moment on the street and then they kind of just dragged him off. Like and like they kind of picked him up and like, all yeah. right, he's like He's like this god now that we're going to go. I don't know where they were going with his body, but like somewhere. <laughs> no, like, like, like that part's supposed to be like he is supposed to be in the streets screaming bloody murder. Like like I have no reason to live because the love of my life is gone. There's screaming. a little bit of that. Yeah, There's a little but, bit of that, but maybe I see maybe that's one of those moments that I feel like would be way more pivotal on scene. Like you see somebody yeah. screaming at you in, in public as opposed to watching somebody scream on screen. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, because there is a heightened reality when it comes to musicals. Correct. You know, like, yes. it's like we were saying before, you have to like the, the music that they're singing is actually what they're saying to each other, you know? Like, yeah, right, they're, right. They're not in person singing to each other because if, like, if we're in the middle of this podcast and I started singing the things that I'm saying right now, you guys would be like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, we're probably like, keep keep going. We went, <laughs> let's keep going. We're gonna roll with this shit. Recording. No, but this like, is good the, content. 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 <laughs> Yeah, your son comes out. Your son comes out, starts doing a whole number behind yeah. you. God, man. He gets the switchblade. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> no, but but like there's there's a suspension of disbelief. There's a, a heightened reality to it, and so that does make sense. You know, when you put that on screen, and it's you know like like I was mentioning before, with with stage, you're performing to the rafters. With screen, it's the minutia, it's the subtleties, it's 
it's the little twitch in your eye that is that is the the Oscar winning performance, right? You know, like the 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 musicals, like which is why I'm I'm blown away that Rachel and Ariana, like all of these all of these people in Westside are are sweeping the awards because I'm like, damn, like. This is the first and and Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom oh, like oh yeah, yeah oh my God. I mean that is one one movie musical that I think knocked it out of the park. Did you watch Tick Tick Boom? Yeah, yeah. No, I I to me that was definitely a highlight of the musical scene yep. that came out of 2021. I was not expecting to be emotionally invested into yeah. that story. Uh, it it kind of blew me away of how much I really enjoyed. The yeah. movie and it's well the music too because I've, I've never heard and Ernesto Sogoda scold me I still have not seen Rent and no and he's way. like yeah I and told so you like, I have the I know, movie I have the movie DVD and I have the live performance uh-huh. of their final performance I mean before I, they I have, decided to revive the tour again yeah, yeah, right <laughs> yeah but I know I have not forgotten what you said but this movie like the Tick Tick Boom was like I need to watch Rent like now yeah, like I, I was. I was so like enthralled with it, and Ernesto would know uh, as well that he, you, Ernesto, loved uh, and still love in the Heights. You oh, saw that you said on Broadway man. many times. I saw it. I saw it twice. I saw it once in New York when Corbin Blue was the main lead, and mm-hmm. I got to meet him and take a picture with him. And I saw <laughs> it when they kicked the tour off actually here in Tampa, and Lin Manuel Miranda was there to kick off the tour for Get in the Heights. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get yeah, to meet him, but I got his. He was there, his son was there, and they were all there on stage. Like it was a I, man, I love in the heights. Love that show, honestly. And you know, here's the thing: controversial statement. I like in the heights more than Hamilton. Yes, I. Think, <laughs> um, I like the. I don't know. I think maybe. Have you seen Hamilton? Yeah. See, maybe that's why I haven't seen Hamilton, so I still have that like that itch to oh, okay. want to want to go see it. And maybe. I don't count, and I don't count the Disney Plus performance. That that's you it's don't. not the same. <laughs> it's not. The Matt, same. Matt already knows. I wanted to. I, we, we we've had it. we've had a long discussion about this already. <laughs> like yeah. like I I appreciate that they have that available for everybody, but yeah. it's not it the accessible. same. It's a live okay. recording. Like it, I do, maybe the audio wasn't there. I don't know. It just it wasn't it wasn't enough for me. I want to see I, it in person. But I you, love the Richard Rodgers theater. Oh. But, but I'm telling you, man, In the Heights is it's. I really believe that In the Heights is Lynn's magnum opus. Mm. So fucking good. Yeah. It's so good. But I, I also, I did not mind that film adaptation of In the Heights. It was good. I, I thought that, I, they, yes, they did I a agree. nice job with it. I agree. Out of the and that and that, me and Matt were saying like like out of the ones out of the movie musicals that we got last year, that was the one that like really hit the mark. Yeah. Like yeah. I felt like Dear Evan Hansen, like we were I, we were really excited for it, and I, I was felt, uh, yeah really. I felt it missed every mark. Yeah, like it, it I just, wouldn't say every well, mark besides the music. Every, yeah. Yeah, the music, right. the music was obviously dead on. Yeah, because I mean that, you can't really screw that up. But mm-hmm. I I feel like when you were supposed to hit emotional notes. Like and I, I I feel like this is the moment where I'm supposed to feel something and actually right. it's very similar to West Side Story where like I can't buy the story I'm supposed to feel sorry for uh for for Evan Hansen right now but I don't because you're doing a shitty thing yeah and so thing. like and that was the thing his like bad behavior we didn't feel bad enough yeah for, I don't yeah. we didn't I didn't feel enough I felt like I didn't spend enough time with him. Or, you know, like, there just wasn't enough there beforehand for me to feel bad that he did that really terrible thing. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you know what? I, and and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this and, and 
sort of like working it out as I'm saying it. So bear with me. But okay, I think there may be something with because that's that's sort of the consensus with Dear Evan Hansen. Even when people see the live production, but it seems right. like the live production people people accept his apology a little bit more. And I wonder if it is because you are literally in a room with Evan Hansen for two hours. You're in yes. you like he's on stage and you're in this room with him. And so you see the person a little bit more, whereas in the film, you know, like there's there's a, a there's a, a disconnect to the the person. There, there's a disconnect to the humanity of it, maybe. Right. I think I think that's a hundred percent what it is. I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that's exactly right? what it is. Like maybe. the same thing. Like um, our a friend of our Sheldon, who uh, who watched the movie with us, he saw Dear Evan Hansen, and beforehand he would talk about like the emotionality of um, what's their key song in the middle? Um, oh, uh, the one he sings yeah, on I, stage. I, oh. Uh... You will be oh, found. Before, you will be oh, found. yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. talks about, like, how the choir comes out and how, like, it's a very emotional moment. But I felt like, to me, I enjoyed it in the, in the movie. But the way he described it, it's obvious that the stage performance hits you on, like, a whole other level. Like, it's like going to church and having a choir, like, all in rain at that range, all in unison, hitting you all at the same time. It's a wall of sound. Correct. Correct, just yeah. hitting you. I mean, you know, obviously you know. <laughs> no, yeah. but, but there, there's there's something different when it's coming out of your speakers. Absolutely. Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. And and so like even even like with with the story element, even on screen or on Broadway, I feel like with West Side Story for me, it was very similar to that because like when Maria just met this guy, this guy named Tony, yesterday, and then and then you just found out that Tony killed your brother. Right. And then I'm like, okay, then you're going to go to, you're going to go back to up into a room. And then she's like, I forgive you. I'm like, the fuck you, what? (laughs) (laughs) You just met this guy yesterday. Are you kidding me? your brother. (laughs) I mean, sure. He didn't mean to do it, but still, he still, you know, he still stabbed him. And then, and then the part that really got me, I'm not sure this happened in the movie or in the play or whatever, but there was a scene that alluded that they had sex afterward. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, if I recall correctly, that's, yeah, yeah. If if I recall I, I, correctly, burn they they uh they gesture to the fact that they they do that that is the night that they uh they deflower each other. After, yes. After she finds after. out that after yeah. he stabs his brother. brother. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. that's the that's the one hand one heart scene, right? Where yes, in, I believe so. The, yeah, they're in the tuxedo shop basically. No, no. Well, th- th- well, it's weird because in in the movie, I'm not sure what the structure is, uh-huh. but in the movie, the the brother died, so he runs off, and then Maria, she sings "I Feel Pretty," but she's in she's she's working at a shop, and so they're they're cleaning the 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 department store, and she's like, "I feel pretty," like I'm gonna try on these dresses, and then after that, she finds out that her mother was mur- I'm sorry, her brother was murdered, and then she's in her room, kind of distraught, and then there's Tony. Mm. Okay. So that was like the the scene of events that happened. So like I'm like, girl, like you know, c- cut him loose. Like you got to start some running, standards. Tony. Come on, right? That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then and then after that, um, uh, uh, Ariana DeVoice, what What's her character's name? Uh, Ernesto. Anita. Anita. 
Anita, yeah. So Anita walks in, like, that's the dude that just killed my boyfriend. And now mm-hmm. there's a whole song about it mm-hmm. to ask for my, for like, Maria's asking Anita for forgiveness. Like, you got it. Like, he didn't mean to do it. I'm like, girl, she was dating your brother for a lot longer than you knew this man existed. Yeah. So uh, there was a lot of that in there where I'm like, I can't buy what, I can't, I can't, I can't buy this right now because I don't believe that this is. <laughs> you know, it, it it I feel like it's more to do with the story, and that's where I feel like we're an updated version of this in 2021 would have been served a little bit better. To maybe I would have appreciated the overall achievement of whatever, like kind of the critics what they're raving about, because the cinematography, the the acting was was great, and especially from the ladies of this musical, they were all good in this movie and i can kind of understand why it's being recognized for award season and you know you know technical wise but overall as a film i'm like i i don't get it i don't understand why it's being highly praised like that so i i don't know if like there's similar attributes to like i understand this is a classic but Corey, like is there like a a teeter-totter between some of the elements of the story that you know of you know growing up uh, one more time, ask the question. Sorry. Yeah, I was saying it was it was a loaded question. I was <laughs> babbling over the place, but I guess really just asking like that story over time anyway. Mm-hmm. It, it, from from the, the way that you you are familiar with the story, do you feel like that you know when you think about it, there's like certain elements that feel like eh, maybe maybe you know it's not as much of a classic as it needs to be nowadays. No, you know, I think that West Side Story is a classic. I think West Side mm-hmm. Story is a timeless story. You know, it's it it is Romeo and Juliet. You know, Ernesto right. hit it on the on the head when when you know you guys first started talking about it. It's like it is. It's a timeless story. It's it's love. It's it's undying love. It's it's love against all odds. It's it's that real love that that I got your back love no matter what that you kill my brother and I still love you love <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, obviously yeah, yeah I guess so, that like, kind of I, love I really do think that that it's timeless but a timeless story doesn't mean make the same exact thing don't make a carbon right. copy it's like it's like uh you know Romeo and Juliet has been made into the film look at, look at the Leonardo DiCaprio film that mm-hmm. wasn't a carbon copy of Romeo and Juliet. He's fucking wielding Glocks and shit. Like, That's right. Yeah, like, <laughs> that was a fucking like, crazy ass. That was a yeah, crazy ass crazy movie. Ass film. But, <laughs> like, like if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, like I I have a problem with revivals. You know, for instance, they're doing they're doing a, a Broadway a, a Broadway revival of Music Man right now, and Hugh Jackman starring in it with Sutton Foster, and like it's gonna sell out for years because Hugh Jackman's in it. But like. It's a carbon copy of the Music Man, and it's like we've seen this before. Why yeah. are we doing this again? If you're gonna do the Music Man again, do something different. Make it interesting. Go, go. You know what? I want. I wanted to do this with the Music Man, and I wanted to change this and change that. Like yeah. Oklahoma, for instance, they did a revival of Oklahoma mm. on Broadway that people fucking hated. Because they hold the original Oklahoma on this pedestal that, honestly, I don't even think Oklahoma deserves to be held on. But the original is this, like, classic rootin' tootin' musical. Whereas (laughs) in the revival, they made it darker, grungier. Everyone was playing instruments. They, 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 like took the dialogue and they emphasized the dialogue and like as you're watching it you're like wait they wrote this show 50 years ago and it's this dark 60 years ago wow 
it's like it's a dark show and they like they shined a light on like certain aspects of it and it it seemed like a different show that when you when you take a show and you repurpose it that's the way to do it but if you're just reproducing a carbon copy why are we doing that yeah make make something original at that point yeah yeah i i totally agree with that oh, so what would you say your stance is on movie adaptations of these musicals like do you feel like they should be doing something different do you feel like that people who are um you know who love the broadway version should have an opportunity to see a movie production on it uh and also on a, on a, on a like a secondary to your question a part two what do you feel like about like hamilton one of the biggest musicals modern musicals today and that's being available for people to watch at home instead of people actually going out to the theater and and kind of supporting the industry that way like kind of where, where are your thoughts on, on some of that issues so movie musicals is such a cool thing for, for multiple reasons because it's bringing accessibility to these shows uh, in a different in a different format. Um, and I think it works really well with certain shows in the Heights being one of them. Uh, uh, a show like Hamilton, if they made a movie version, not just a, a, a live film capture or a live stage mm-hmm. stage capture, um, but like if they made an actual film version of it, I think it would do really well. And here's why in the Heights on Broadway and on stage is a single set. There's it's, it's a, a New York facade. It's, mm-hmm. it's apartment buildings and a storefront. That's all you see. And the lighting is what changes it. So then when you watch the movie and they're inside Usnavi's deli and you're inside, um, Nina's apartment and you're inside Benny's dispatch it gives you a new perspective a show like Hamilton has one set they've got this wood structure that people are walking down and going up and they put tables down in the middle of the room where it happens and all that stuff like if you're watching that movie and you're watching Aaron Burr and and Alexander Hamilton walking down a dirt road with horses walking by it changes the, the it changes the perspective and brings a reality to it because I think when theater is done well, they emphasize, you know, not to use this phrase a million times, but they emphasize the suspension of disbelief, the heightened reality where they're going, I know that there's not dirt roads and there's not horses walking by, but believe that we are in the early America, you know, like believe, believe that we are, we are in uh, Washington Heights for in the Heights, you know, even though, you can't smell the trash on the side of the road and, you know, like believe <laughs> that we are in Manhattan. And so when you can see it for what it actually is on film and see the detail of it and, you know, like obviously with film, you can see intricate detail like back in back then, you know, it, in Hamilton's time, like didn't didn't every dude have like wooden teeth or some shit? Yeah, yeah, something so like, like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, so like maybe maybe, you know, with makeup they can make your teeth look rotted and and all that mm. stuff and it it changes it and it it makes it a totally different style of film. Um so so with film adaptations, I think there is something super special with it. But it has to be done right, and there has to mm-hmm. be a respect to the piece, and and I think the pieces have to be picked properly. Wow, look at look at that alliteration. The pieces have to be picked <laughs> properly. Um, 
Man, just call me Lin Manuel, baby. Um, <laughs> He's gonna call you up. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, no, right. No, but like, but like, Dear Evan Hansen shouldn't have been made a a. a well, you know what? I actually, uh, I I may be wrong in saying that because. I think that maybe they just did it wrong. And I haven't seen the movie, to be honest, so I really can't speak to that very much. But, like, Tick, Tick, Boom, I had never seen the stage adaptation, and I thought that they did such a freaking beautiful job. And I think that they brought the heightened reality to the movie in a really not cheesy way and a not, like, they, they... they sort of said, come on this weird journey with us. Cool? Is everyone cool? Everyone's on board? All right, let's go. Um, and I think that's the best way to go about that. Um, but some films should just not be made into movies. Or some, some musicals should just not be made into movies. You know? Um, I mean, in the same way that some movies just should never be made. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, well, yeah, that, that too. <laughs> like, I've heard some crazy things about that new Holly Berry film, Moonfall. I've, oh, I've yeah, not it, heard it, good it, things. It's supposed to be yeah, no. not, not great. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've heard that that is one of those movies that should just maybe not have been made. Um, yeah, but, but, but some, someone greenlit it more power than we have. And, like, it, and, yeah. and not only did someone greenlight it, but many people threw a lot of fucking money at it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so where are your thoughts on, say, like Hamilton, for example? Like, that's not a movie adaptation. Like, this is a live production that people can see at home, first run actor, first uh, – what, what's, what's the term? Um, these were the, the actors that did it first. Oh, the original not... cast. Yeah. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Wow, drawing a blank there. Uh, no, no, so, like, what do you think that's <laughs> – that being available at home instead of maybe people going out and supporting the theater industry. So I think for a show like Hamilton, it's brilliant. You know, Hamilton's a zeitgeist, though. Hamilton is one of those – not a zeitgeist, a, a, a juggernaut. Uh, like Hamilton is, is one of a kind. Hamilton, I feel like Rent would have been the show back in the day – to if they mm. did a, a live capture of of the Broadway show and they did it you know years yeah. later but i think once the show is is out there and people love it and people people want to see it make it do the do the live capture but during the pandemic we started seeing them doing that with shows before they open like uh Diana the musical they did that and i think that was a mistake because once people see it on Netflix and if, if the show hasn't opened yet, then they're going to decide from that whether or not they want to see it. Mm-hmm. And so you are relying solely on the Netflix opinion for people to then buy tickets to your live show, which is going to keep you open. Whereas Hamilton, they opened years ago. They knew that the ticket sales were through the roof. They knew that if they release it on Netflix or Disney Plus, um, that people were still going to see it because they were like, people, people, we can barely fit enough people in the house. <laughs> so like overselling tickets. <laughs> yeah, we're we're having to turn people away practically. They've got three tours out. They've got a Broadway production, a, a West End production. They open a production in Puerto Rico. Like literally, like they've got a million productions and they're all selling out years in advance so they're like fuck why why not put the original cast and and the the thing they did so well is that they marketed it they marketed it heavily by saying this is the original cast who who are no longer in the show so if you want to see the people that are on the soundtrack that you are listening to nonstop, this is the only way you're going to see it 
but also get a ticket for the Broadway show because that cast is still fire too. Exactly. Right. Right. So so I think once again, you know, with film adaptations and with the live captures, I think it's a matter of it being the right show. I think that certain shows totally other shows may not work for it. Well, Corey, th- this has been a great conversation. I, I really do appreciate you coming down and joining us and getting awesome. your input and kind of just showing us behind the scenes and exactly how you've been getting up here. And, and for me, just catching up. And like I said, we haven't spoken in almost 10 years now. So, Dude, it, I'm so it's glad been a blast. Did this. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Next time you're in town, we got to grab a drink. And Ernesto, you're oh. going gonna to have to come to the West or to the East Coast. I'll come. Yeah, hey, hey, you, you throw the invitation. I'm coming. Done. <laughs> oh well, apparently what we what we figured out is that we're almost our parents are almost neighbors at this point. So so it's bound to happen eventually. Yeah. So it's bound to happen eventually. I'm just gonna see you just walking down to public and be like, wait a minute, is that is that Corey? And I, Corey! And I know and I know and I know. Well, not you guys are more north, but I grew up in South Florida. Actually, there I didn't grow up with. Yeah. So you see, you know, familia, baby, familia. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Corey, before we let you go, we do have one more question to ask you. We'd like to ask this final question for all of our guests. Ernesto, I'll let you do the honors. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie. I, I've got two. Okay. Um, I love Toy Story is like mm, oh. I, I know it's a cartoon. <laughs> no, no don't get it. No, no, no. But I, I want to hear. I'm gonna hear. So Matt, hold on. So after you explain, I have a follow up Toy Story question. But continue. Really? <laughs> oh, oh, I do. Okay, all right. Uh, it, it, I know it's an animation, but it is. It's part of what made me who I am. Honestly, like so much of it is literally the fact that like. It, it teaches empathy. It says even the things that you don't think are alive, like treat them with respect. And and it, it, I think that's that's why I operate the way that I operate because I'm like, and I'm not I'm not like tucking my pillows into bed to make sure that they're you know comfortable. But like you know it's 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 more about like treat everyone with respect. And I think that that's the overarching you know conversation of that film. And it's just it's a classic and it's incredible and the score that Randy Newman made to it mm. is perfect and like it, it and the characters are it's just it's one of those films that I could watch a million times mm. and never get sick of it. So only reason, it's funny it's just funny you brought that up because just recently I introduced my daughter into Toy Story and uh-huh. she she loves it like and I and I love it I love the I love the original three. My question to you is what is your thoughts on Toy Story four? Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, that, okay. I have That's... yet to see the fourth one, and that is uh, I. Every time I sit, I answer this question saying that it's one of my favorite films. Uh, I always feel like such a, a fair weather fan because no. I haven't seen the newest one. Um, but I've heard such mixed things. I've heard it's awful. It's not even worth watching. And then I've also heard like. If you love the movie, you're gonna love it. Mm, I'm um, not a fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Well, because I just felt, and I just felt like the original trilogy just encapsulates such a beautiful arc for yeah. Andy and the toys. Like it, like we got them from start to finish. Like we didn't need, we didn't necessarily need Toy Story four. Yeah, I get that. 
it's it's an epilogue for Woody, and that's what Toy Story Four is. And I, as much as like you know, it's uh, Corey. It's funny that you brought up this movie because literally just last week we had we this had, conversation. We had this conversation. <laughs> um, but and we went probably went on way too long on Toy Story than we needed to. But it is also one of my favorite franchises as well. Same. But to, oh. to to the point, it's just like Toy Story Four is a movie that it was good in practice and but Toy Story 3 had such a high bar Dude. that you set it's yeah. hard anything you would have done would not have had done it and i feel like as a creator maybe there's just some things that you just did it so well that maybe let's not touch that again yep. let and maybe you know let's what? not do that it, it's what it's what i respect so much about a show like Ozark Oh, so, another so, <laughs> so, so Ozark is one of those shows that they could have kept it going. They totally yeah. could have gone probably another two or three seasons. But they said, you know what? Let's end it. Let's put it to bed. We, because we, we are, we're. Let's not fly too close to the sun. You know. Yeah. yeah. I and they 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 knew when to put it to rest. And I think that they did that. Like part one already. I sat down to watch it. I was like, all right, I'll watch one episode today. Watch the entire part one in in uh, one day. Yeah, yeah, it, it it's just it's so, addicting. It's, oh, it's we addicting. both finished it. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> oh it's God. it's so addicting. It's yeah. it's really good. But uh, I think, so, I, I think that's probably the case with with Toy Story, where it's like, you know, Toy Story three, the way that it ended, that that should have just been the ending. Correct. You know, like, yeah. And yeah. Andy gives the toys a new home and just and we cried our fucking asses off. Sure did. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, dude. I cried I, twice. Yeah. I, I, I I thought those toys were dead. I'm Same. like, are you really gonna Same. kill off these motherfuckers? Yeah. No way. I was like, and, okay, we're we're doing this. We're doing like this. like it's really when when they started holding hands, you're like, they're committed. Oh my like, god! Oh. Like yeah. Oh, like, oh, this is happening. I, oh, this they, is how this is happening. This is yeah, the Toy like, Story. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! And. The, <laughs> When was Toy Story 3 out? Wasn't it 2012? 2010 was Toy Story 3, and then 2004... I'm sorry, uh, Toy Story 4 was in 2019, so it was about a nine-year jump gotcha. uh, for for that. And so, like, as much as, like, look, I'm, I'm happy to bring the toys back together for another movie, but, again, that ending is so... It's just too mm-hmm. good. For you just to continue it, and as and you can tell that they had tried, and you're, you're, it's like we're not telling Andy's story; it's more about Woody and his journey. I'm like, that's great. Let, let's make that into an hour long TV special. Yeah. We don't need we don't or need a shorts. movie or a short. Let's, let's let's stick with the shorts, like a personal journey for him. We didn't need a whole movie to do that because then it just values the trilogy just a little bit. You but know what I, I had a, a, a concept of, and I, I think that it's it's much more interesting in in concept than it is in execution. What what if? Hear me out. <laughs> okay, we're here. We're listening. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> what if we made a live adaptation of Toy Story? And I, played it, and I, I, I listen, listen. I, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not coming up with it just because I want to play Woody. I, I'm just saying, what if? Just saying, it could happen. Just uh, it could happen. You know, like it, I, I'm tall and lanky and like goofy. Like, you know, just like, I can see it. Can, can you give me your best Tom Hanks as, as Woody? Oh, wait, hold on. Well, let me pull the mic away where it's like, like no, 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 no. <laughs> 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 
That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> right? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. That was good. Yeah. No, you know, you know what? You sold me. Corjacoma so, as Woody yeah. live action. Let's, let's make it. <laughs> Fan cat, who's your buzz? Ooh, who's my buzz? I mean, in reality, like, who's my buzz? Uh, there, there's a guy. You can have whoever you wanted. Well, the, the but the guy who played uh who played Tommy DeVito in Jersey Boys on tour with me. Is literally Buzz Lightyear. He's got a jaw the size of a, a Buick, and, and and his and his voice literally is like down here. And if he was like uh, Stark Man, Stark Man, like he sounds like well, who's the guy who plays um, who plays in in Family Guy, who plays the uh, Peter? Oh, Seth MacFarlane. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. That's uh, 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 uh I know Pat, oh, Pat Patrick. Pa- yeah, the guy who plays Joe. Yeah. Yes, uh, Patrick Warburton. Warburgen, yes, 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 yeah, yeah. 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 So he he literally sounds like him, and he he be and he's also jacked out of his mind. So he'd be perfect for work. <laughs> but like it, the the Hollywood version, oh, who who would I want to play Buzz? I feel like on it, like I don't want him to, but I feel like it's Chris Evans. Well, he I mean he technically already is in yeah. an upcoming oh, Lightyear right. movie. Yeah. Which He's, that when they made that, I was like, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> I was like, do, "So do you understand? You go ahead. Understand you understand that like Buzz what, is a toy, right?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, this so it's funny that they had to like issue a video to explain what Lightyear is about, and I feel like in that case, like if you need to bring out a separate video to explain what your movie's about, because you know that people are going to be confused, then let's maybe not dive into that a little bit. Let's, let's not, not do it do because Lightyear <laughs> is a story about the 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 astronaut the actual, the actual space that inspired the, the toy that yeah. inspired the toy line, not the like the, the toy line of of, of Buzz Lightyear's. Right. But I, I it's, it's so it's like okay, so that's what we're doing, and so that's why it's not Tim Allen, it's it's Chris Evans. But like, all right, so. Wasn't this show in the '90s? So like the technical yeah. advancements in this in this trailer, anyway. It's like I, I feel like, are you sure? This, are you sure it wasn't the toy that inspired the astronaut at this point? Exactly. Yeah. And, and not only that, but also part of the reason we love Buzz so much is because of fucking Tim Allen. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So That's like, true. no. Look, I, I'm here for the movie. I, I'm gonna be very excited to watch I, I, it. I, I am excited for it. I, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm very curious to say the least. So, um, what, what's what was, your what's your other favorite? What's your other favorite movie? So my other my other favorite, and honestly, I feel like I need to re-examine this because this became my favorite. And I mean, it's a great film, but I'm I say re-examine it because I'm not sure that it's one of my favorites. Um, Goodfellas. I mm-hmm. I fell in love with that Classic. film while I was in Jersey Boys, and it became one of those films that I was like. This is the style of acting that I like want to do someday. This is like that story that like this timeless movie that like everyone loves, everyone respects that like yeah. I want to do that someday. Well, why not? I mean, good. I mean, why not? I mean, Goodfellas. <laughs> you don't really have. I mean, at least in my, you wouldn't have to reexamine it. I mean, Goodfellas is a classic. Classic. So that people still quote that movie to this day. I mean, yeah. how old? When did Goodfellas come out? Uh, uh, that's a good question. I want to say. 1990. I was going to say 87. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. That. Just classic. And the cast was stacked, man. Yeah. Stacked. 
full disclosure, I have never seen Goodfellas. Oh, dude, it's a great, great film. film. Great. Yeah, I, I I heard nothing but good things about it. So I I think there's definitely one of those like movies that you're kind of embarrassed to say that you've never watched. Yeah. It, right? It's 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 the it's the line that I hear from our coworkers even does like what? and you call yourself a movie man you haven't seen yeah, goodfellas I, I, what is wrong with you and you know what matt as much <laughs> as much as you hate the irishman as much as you hated the irishman <laughs> you would you would love goodfellas yeah man. well because the the reason the irishman was made basically is because movies like goodfellas were so good yes yeah like, but part of the reason they were so good was because of the style of film that they were making back then and like the stories that were happening in real life, like that's part of the reason that they were like, let's make the Irishman, but like making it, making a gangster film today doesn't go over as well as you want it to. Like, Goodfellas. Not, not if you make was a three-hour version of it, <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, dude, and it's the longest film too. And also, it, like, it's... no one's believing that De Niro is not ninety years old. <laughs> Like, dude, the scene, the scene where he like beats the guy up in the grocery store, I was yes. like, I was like, this man's supposed to be fifty with CGI, but he looks like he's about to kill. <laughs> like, no one's believing this. Nobody believes. Like, come on, what are we doing? There was a running joke that we've had on for the longest time. Is like, uh, when the movie was so low, it was it, like the, our our lowest rating was we called it the Irishman. It was so go. bad, it was it was the Irishman. Oh, was it an but Irishman? It wasn't an Irishman. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely an Irishman. It, you know, it, and the thing is, the movie wasn't terrible, but it was just like so long, and we got nowhere. And it's like, come on, man, we can do better than that. It's I was very long, pleased that long yeah. film. I was pleased when it did not win anything at the Oscars. I mean, that's a personal thing, but but dude, I will say, Goodfellas. I mean, that cast, dude. It's like yeah, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Yeah, like you, you know, Pesci. It, it's just fucking mm. money, man. You gotta check it out. Yeah, man. I think yeah. It's I, 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 still. I, it, it's probably somewhere, if not maybe HBO Max, or yeah. I'm sure one of the two will have it. Uh, but but Corey, again, this has been a blast from the past. It's been a My great pleasure. time talking with you. Uh, really do appreciate you taking the time to do so. If people want to find you, I know you know you said you weren't actively on social media right now, but you know wh- when you are, yeah. and people want to know what you're doing, you kind of get updated. Where can people find you? Where can people do that? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not on right now, but I'm I'll be getting back on eventually. Uh, my my handles are. Coco Jacoco. So, uh, uh, Coco. Uh, yeah, a, a nickname that I got in college was Coco, and and it's stuck. So it's it's C O C O J E A C O C O on all platforms, and uh, and yeah, check it out, and I'll I'll be hopping back on, and and eventually. When when I when when my mental health is like yeah we can do this again yeah, but you know good for you to set those breaks on yourself I mean you don't want yeah, to be man. full into social media like that yeah dude social media can be so toxic if, you know if you don't have a good grasp on it and I don't think I I like ha- have a good relationship with social media because like most of it is literally just like to sit there and scroll and like waste time. And then when you're just wasting time, like, looking at other people, you know, like, you, you start comparing <laughs> and comparison is yeah. the thief of joy. And so, you know, it just felt like a good way to start 2022. 
And that's not a bad way to start. Yeah, I feel like I like to use social media as like a, a source of information. I mm-hmm. feel like I get a lot of like news and stuff like that. You know, especially we do uh, on the podcast, we do a lot of movie news here. So we like yeah. we like to go through and discuss that. Uh, but like as far as like I'm now going to post about my life, it's like I don't I don't need to do that. Like, you know, they, that, that that's that's. That's just me time, you know. We don't, yeah, right. don't got to dive into all of that. Um, but yeah, I totally understand. Take take a take a break as long as you can. Yeah. Uh, be, you know what? It'll be there when you come back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Never going yeah. to I know it will it's be. Not, yeah, it's <laughs> not going It'll be nowhere. Like, come here, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all these Joy. notifications for you. Yeah. <laughs> Look how many people have slid into your DMs. Yeah. <laughs> Open me up. Open me up. <laughs> I, I feel like we're we're making an episode of Big Mouth right now. Yeah. <laughs> like you go to your Facebook, it's like, ooh, look, plus nine notifications. Yeah. There's yeah. more than nine, Corey. Yeah. It's like it's like you're just gonna close me without checking your notifications. Something in there. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, that's not a way to end the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the way to um, end. It. <laughs> that's the end of the show. Uh, if you want more from us, you can always follow us on our social media channels on Instagram at box office underscore bingers. If you already follow, thank you. If you don't, what are you doing? Come on, come on. It's it's a good it's a good fall. I know we just talked about you know, you know we're the positive side. Media. We're the positive. We're the positive. Yeah, we're not we're not here to you know spread bad stuff around social media. We're the fun side. You know, on Mondays, if you did not know, on Mondays we have movie showdown Mondays. Every every Monday we put your favorite actors, movies, trilogies, whatever, to the ultimate face off, and you guys can have fun. It's kind of debating. You know how many people come to 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 the Instagram page every Monday and say that was a hard decision. To, to to fight between my two favorite movies head to head. That's what that's the whole reason why we do this. We oh, ask yeah. the tough we ask the tough decisions or tough questions here and make you make those tough decisions on which is the definitive best movie you have. They are hard and then sometimes. On, they are hard. Yes, I will. <laughs> I, I forgot what was one of them, but it was like, like I think I think one of them was like Samuel Jackson. It was like him playing Nick Fury or him in like uh, either Star Wars, Mace Windu, or him as Pulp Fiction. To me, that was a tough one. Uh, and I made it, uh, and uh, <laughs> and I came up with it. But and then also on Fridays we'll tell you what's new to streaming. It's a wealth of information. Uh, every Friday we'll tell you what's going on in your streaming services because every week there is a shit ton of stuff and content that is available on your streaming services, and it's hard to keep up. But we sit there and we try to stiff out some of the good stuff for you yeah. as well. So you can see that every Friday, as well as our, our our latest reviews, our latest binges, our fresh takes on everything like that. It's it's a wealth of great time as well as the movie news Ernest that we tell you what's up what's oh, going yeah. on in the movie verse especially just more recently Dakota Johnson is apparently in the Spider-Man movie what we'll talk about yeah, that next she's week. gonna be mad <laughs> <laughs> what's what's going on over there uh so yeah it's all that fun stuff you can hit us up on our Instagram page at box office underscore bingers and our Facebook and TikTok page at box office bingers is what they call what the kids call a good follow we're not we're not mm. over exaggerating here wow man so I love, I love the way you sold that <laughs> thank you I I, I hope <laughs> You did every, the social now, media justice. <laughs> thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, and and you know, Court, thank you again for joining us. It, it's been a real pleasure yeah, to have really you on the show. Dude. It's my yeah. pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. I had such a freaking good time with you guys. Oh, hopefully yeah. we can get you to come back eventually. <laughs> I would love to anytime. Right. Matt, you heard that? I heard it. Yeah. 
Oh, my God. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. Come back next week. We're going to be having more Oscar conversation. Ernesto, we're going to be diving into Coda, which is available on Apple TV+. Plus. Mm. And so we're going to do a lot of buzz on that one. Also, next week, the Oscar noms. The announcement is being released. We're going to be diving into what – February 8th, so by the time the next episode comes out, we're going to be diving into the Oscar nominations and see what what made it, what didn't make it. It's going to be a fun conversation leading up to our Oscars prediction episodes and then obviously the reactions from the winners. So a lot of good stuff coming in the next couple of weeks, so don't want to miss that. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. And for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. Ben Ernesto Santos. See ya.